0: The Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is The Podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 181. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. And joining me in SideQuest Studios here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Oh, uh, hi, hi. And joining us all the way from sunny Queensland is Diana Green.
1: Hey, I didn't have any line prepared. I kind of forgot I needed one.
0: (laughs) That's the Diana catchphrase we all know and (laughs) love. If you need me, I'll be in my
1: room. (laughs) <laughs> yep, it's on your business card, I've seen it.
0: <laughs> and thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Of course, this is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, Diana, this is your first time joining us on the show. Thank you very much for joining us today. And you've been, like, a long, long time supporter of our show.
1: Yeah, I've been there since the olden days. I was looking at my first ever interaction with you guys, and it was back in May 2017. Wow. I'm not sure exactly when I started, but it was sometime in very late 2016, very early 2017. So we, it's were been
0: still, a... <laughs> still, we were still in the dank? Yeah, we were still in the dank. Wow. Yeah, we hadn't even made the move to SideQuest until we like mid-2017. So yeah. <laughs> the drunk days. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If you lasted with us through the drunken yeah, and incompetent you. <laughs> days. Yeah.
1: Episode one. I didn't go up to your newest episode. Like, I need to hear your opinion of Barthood, an episode yeah. I'd only just seen like a few weeks prior.
0: Mm. Yeah, an episode that I actually revisited quite recently Mm. again. I'd still like that one. I'll
1: go back to that one, yeah. Yeah, it holds up a lot better than most
0: of 20-something. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we like to ask our new guests, what is your Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you? I don't even really have, like, a conscious, like,
1: memory of I'm going to watch The Simpsons. It was just always there. It was mm-hmm. always there. I was born in 1994, and I am the youngest of five siblings. Wow. Oldest was born in '79. Young, Ooh. second youngest born in 90. You can imagine they were, like, peak age when The Simpsons hit Australia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and we also had Foxtel. So, you know, Fox 8, all that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when... I started watching The Simpsons, but I know when I became really fascinated with it, which is back in the Sydney 2000 Olympics, Fox 8 had a full 24-hour marathon for many, many days.
2: Pretty much the entirety of the Olympics.
1: So yeah, I was watching all those, and I didn't know what was new or old. Mm. If you played a season 10 episode to me when I'm like six, I wouldn't know that's any different than a season two or three episode. Mm. Mm. So... Everything pre, like, 11 and 12, is just background noise. It's been with me as far as... (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah. That's a very interesting way to, like, intake everything. It's just all at once.
0: Well, because I sort of felt that way. Because I I remember season five being the first one where I'm, like, consciously aware that there's new episodes airing. (sighs) And so for me, for a long time, seasons one to four were just blur.
3: Yeah, just rerun after rerun after rerun.
0: But you've like activated a long dormant memory. I totally remember the Sydney 2000 thing because I'd be arguing with my brothers. They'd be like, uh, you want to watch the same episodes of Simpsons again? I'm like, you want to watch someone run a lot and then jump into sand?
1: You want to watch someone swim? <laughs> wow. <laughs> just for comparison and to kind of show how young I am, the, the first time I remember watching a new episode was the first episode of season 12. Wow. So I think that's A Tale of Two Cities.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is the first new episode for me. Oh, wow. So on the other side of that, where did the show end with you? Assuming you're not keeping up episode to episode.
1: (laughs) I kept up way longer than I would like to admit.
0: Same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm starting to learn from a bit of a pre chat. You might be a bit of
3: a completionist.
1: Kind of. Um, so, what <laughs> happened with The Simpsons is I even remember when I first got into a Simpsons podcast, which wasn't you. You guys were my second. <gasps> I'm sorry. I even remember messaging Bam <laughs> and saying, hey, I'm still watching the show. But yeah. I think listening to enough Simpsons cynicism kind of just killed that urge to watch more episodes. Mm. so i forget what season it is i think it's like 26 there's that one where homer gets like narcolepsy i think and then he sleeps with the chemist that 20 something year old pharmacist oh played by
0: lena dunham i think so yeah the girl's girl i think that's 28
1: i think what happened was the entire season was already out and it was the newest season at that point and i was like I'm going to marathon a bunch of this while drinking. So I thought the first <laughs> two or three episodes, but that first one's the only one I still remember.
0: Yeah. Lost oh, yeah.
1: the will to keep up after that.
0: Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, the season twenty-seven opener. Yeah. <laughs> mm, wow. That is
1: my drop off point, really.
0: Wow. Uh, Well done.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I was one of those people that used to say, it's not that bad, it's Mm. just not as good as it used to be. And I know that's not true now, obviously, I've seen the light, (laughs) but I kept that propaganda going for so long. Yeah. And I just just couldn't after a while, it
0: killed Mm. me. (laughs) Well, I know at the point that I started this podcast, because yeah, I was partially inspired by, first of all, worst episode ever, who's... I absolutely love those guys, but yeah, I felt like that they were probably a bit too hard on The Simpsons and that there were some gems in the newer era. So, And also as a response to every single Simpsons podcast that was doing it chronologically, wanted to mix up the format a little. And from that, I was like, yeah, out to prove that there's still some gold in these mines. And the thing is... With each passing season, that just gets less and less true.
3: We've just gone deeper and deeper into that mine, finding more and more abominations, but we still
1: dig. Yeah, one of my favourite hobbies is just describing episodes to people who haven't seen it, and they won't yeah. get what the hell you're talking about. Like, the whole Bart voodoo thing is classic, everyone's done it. Yep. No one will believe you, you have to yeah. like show him the link.
0: Oh, the last episode, that's been a fun description one for me. is just, all right, Homer's hallucinating this hernia monster that also Maggie can see for some reason. And Marge is guilting him into kite surfing, even though he has a hernia, which he probably shouldn't have. Like, and that's not even the tip of that fucking iceberg. <laughs> but, and that, of course, was a season 30 episode. In the last couple of uh, Simpsons indexes, we've been focusing on season 30 because mm. that's just hit Disney Plus. You know, people are, you know, wanting our expert reviews and opinions and recommendations of how to watch this season. <laughs> First of all, don't.
3: I mean, not to play the card too early, but. Don't
0: (laughs) But we'll explain in the next uh, half an hour Why you should be avoiding it When we do our review of the season 30 episode Datticus Finch That was episode 9 by the way First released in December of 2018 Directed by Stephen Dean Moore Written by Al Jean In this episode Homer briefly stands up for Lisa Mm. in a store And she sees him as Atticus Finch Because she's reading To Kill a Mockingbird And I don't know The episode just kind of rolls on from that There's a little bit of Bart being jealous of them, but whatever. Hey, what did we think? I'm already tired.
1: (laughs) It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. No, I mean, this is
3: one of the ones that's... uh, There's no bit where I got angry. Yeah. This was just morphine. It's just... I was numb by the end of this, because it's just... This isn't an episode of The Simpsons. This is someone, someone, one of the writers, one of their kids had a book report due and they were trying to write an episode at the same time as helping them on the book report on To Kill a <laughs> Mockingbird. And that's how this episode happened. They
0: they bumped into each other in the hallway. The papers got mixed up. Yeah,
3: it's like, you know, when you bring two dates to the same restaurant, you have to jump between the two of them. (laughs) And then you make hysterical mix-ups, except it's uh, for a script. And they were just like, oh, we can do both at the same time. That's No, you can't. No. No, you're wrong. Hypothetical writer.
1: The episode had its own answer to this, which was, just read the Wikipedia article.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Just read the prequel, Ghost set of Watchmen. Apparently that ruins Atticus.
0: Uh, oh my God. Yeah, let, let's hook into this mm. thing. So Diana, for better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you?
1: I will pick one thing that was actually good. There was a very brief like 30 second period after an ad break where everything was black and white and it had some good lighting and shading. That was about it. And then it got immediately mm. ruined by Homer getting stuck in one of those things at the museum. I forget what it was. The running gag where he kept hitting his head.
3: Yeah, one of the Newton's Cradle like that keeps hitting him in the head. And then a yeah, pendulum that, hit him. Yeah, the bit we, the opening where it's, you know, Lisa talking kind of from her um, To Kill a Mockingbird perspective, everything's black and white. And yeah,
1: I know that bit. Like, it was very brief, mm. but especially <clears> considering just how muted and boring and lifeless modern Simpsons oh, is, yeah. this was a tiny, quick part of the episode that actually looked kind of nice.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... We can criticize the later seasons for a lot of things. And but- we do. <laughs> but the fact is a lot of their digital animation looks very clean and lovely. Mm. Like, even though I feel like a lot of their character models are a bit like lazy or hastily drawn or whatever. But when they choose to go for their artistic moments, mm. I think they do land, but they do also feel a little bit hollow. Yeah, Yeah. and it
1: was a lot better than seeing the live-action black-and-white movies on the TV. Mm.
0: Oh, God, as if this episode didn't feel like morphine enough.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's public
3: domain, so there's some stuff they don't have to pay for and can just kill some time by having the live-action To Kill a Mockingbird movie playing on TV, which should terrify The Simpsons with these five-fingered
0: yeah. creatures
1: <laughs> lumbering about.
0: With their tiny heads. Yeah. They're like black and
1: white versions of God.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll actually just jump on that because that was going to be the thing that stood out to me for better or worse was these To Kill a Mockingbird sections, which, like, as if this episode didn't sort of feel slow and boring enough, with, like, all those extended Mm -hmm. uh, slow jokes, like all that stuff at the bar then with Duffman, let's go do a Netflix documentary. Then they're just waiting at the bus stop for fucking ten seconds. But then these Tequila Mockingbird sections come in and it just, the pace crawls even slower. And I don't know why they included them. And the second one that they did seemed only to reference the next scene, which was dumb. Just do the scene. You, if people know to kill a Mockingbird, you can just do the scene and get away with it. Yeah, it's just really interesting when they choose to do these moments of mixing in another property, especially when they move at such a different pace. You know, an old, what, 40s movie mm. versus, yeah, a 2020 animation. It's bizarre. And... Because I like Tequila Mockingbird. This is like, I've said on the podcast before, you know, back when planes used to exist that, you know, if I want to go to sleep, I'll put on like a really old movie and just sort of thought. But Tequila Mockingbird was one that I actually got gripped by and Mm. really enjoyed watching it. and. Yeah, and it's just, it makes it look shit. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> basically the point I'm trying to make.
3: Yeah, basically it says if you just talk in a slow southern drawl, then everything's going to work out just uh, fine. Fucking... Well, Lisa
0: really didn't need to talk like that. No. <sighs> like It was on the nose enough that she like did the overalls like scout. I was waiting for her to do that fucking bowl cut too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would look awful.
0: Uh, It was so dumb. Uh, How about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse?
3: Man, I'm going to give you a a range on each. So for the better, I want to say there was a sign gag I really liked where they go to the mall and there's just a banner that says rats now control the third floor. Oh, yeah. I got a chuckle out of that. My lowest point was going to be, yeah, that bit where the Duff crew just go outside and they sit at a bus stop for about five seconds and that's the bit. And you're like, that's not a joke. That's just, that's nothing. What, what, what are we doing here?
0: And it's after Lenny and Mo are crying to each other and it's just dragging this episode yeah, through the it, muck.
3: Because even if you got a joke out of, you know, they're talking about you know, being depressed even though it's unrelated to alcohol and Duffman's like, oh no, we came here for a good time. This is all too sad. That would have been okay-ish. But then to follow it up, there's just this non-joke. It's not even like an attempt at a joke that failed. It's just, imagine the scripting process of this. Okay. And then they go outside and sit at the bus stop. We hold on this for several seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, But but why? Why would we do this?
0: And it's funny, you know, because I remember an episode of uh, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. I think they're called Round Springfield right now. I don't, I don't listen to them anymore. But they had an episode with Al Jean on it. And he closed out the episode by saying, you know, I just want everybody to know that we put just as much time and energy into Talk the off. new episodes as we did the old days. We still work hard and have sleepless nights. And you get to an Al Jean penned episode. And you're really? <laughs>
3: Yeah, because this one just smacks of a complete lack of no effort whatsoever. Yeah. Every single button just needed three more passes to make it even passable.
1: Yeah. It feels really forced that the thing that made Lisa not only respect Homer, but compare him to you know, a beloved fictional character from like the fifties or whatever, <laughs> it was the fact that he didn't want to sexualize kids. Like that is a really low bar, yeah. <laughs> such a low bar. And that whenever I think let's not sexualize kids, I don't immediately think, wow, that's like Atticus Finch.
3: Yeah. It <laughs> It's the weirdest bit because, you know, she's depressed about something, so Homer's like, oh, we'll take you where we, you want to shop, so let's go to a store you've clearly never been to before that Lisa didn't even want to go to, and she wasn't even looking at any of the things Homer was outraged by, and then Homer has this big speech about not secularizing children, and it's like, but... You didn't even want to be there. like.
0: The problem I have with Homer's speech is that it starts out like a speech, but then it turns into sentence fragments as Lisa's like morphing him into Atticus Finch in her view. And it's no longer a speech. He's just saying random words. And it's like, okay, what are we meant to be hearing here? Is this that inspiring? It's fucking...
3: Well, she goes on to describe Homer as a modest, heroic man who stands up for what's right. And it's like, when?
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it keeps getting explained like he stood up for her... She She wasn't being attacked. She didn't take issue with anything. (laughs) Yeah.
3: She wasn't like, oh, this place is horrible, let's leave. And I wasn't, no, it's not so, (gasps) oh, my God, it is horrible. It was just, he walked in and made all the observations. It's just, it's the laziest version of this. Mm.
1: I was just going to say, like, why would you need to hear a woman's perspective
0: about sexualization (laughs) when you could have Homer do it in the middle? (laughs) In the middle of a female children's clothing
1: store. (laughs) Everyone else around him was like, a woman, I presumably a mm. mother, buying clothes for their kids, and they all clapped and they were so happy. Yeah,
0: you tell us, white man. <laughs> Everyone stopped and clapped.
1: <laughs> Everyone listens to me, no matter how dumb I am.
3: <laughs> but the main thing is, if you're gonna have this, have Lisa say anything about it. You could could remove her from that scene. It would not be different.
0: Yeah, exactly. Play Count, have you seen this episode before, Diana?
1: No, I haven't, and I wish I hadn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Season 30. How about you, BT? No,
3: one of these days I'm going to just binge Season 30 so I can say yes, but no.
0: (laughs) Well, go for it, because I'm not watching it in any hurry, and yeah, this was the first time, and yeah, I'm really thankful for my decision not to pre-watch Season 30. (laughs) Uh, How about the wackiness? Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Sims? Professor Farnsworth exists Oh
3: yeah, he was in the background
0: Yeah, that's right, because If you've got a boring scene that you don't know What you're doing with it, just stick some shit In the background Yep. The Um... science of Futurama, cool joke
3: Man, there's not really a lot of whack in this one. I will say the best wacky thing, and possibly the highlight of the entire episode, is the uh, school therapist who is just so stretched thin, only has 40 seconds to do each kid.
0: Yeah, the one moment where this episode isn't on morphine, it's on coke and speed at the same time, (laughs) where one of the guest stars for this episode, J.K. Simmons, is Dr. Jessup. And he's basically doing his um, J. Jonah Jameson character. He's just
3: J.K. Simmons it up, but hey, it works. It's fast, and it's quick, and it's funny. I got a laugh out of it.
0: But no, I I thought he was a good addition to it, and yeah, it was nice to pick up the pace, even though Simpsons have sort of lent on him and the J. Jonah Jameson character as a trope. Mm -hmm. like He's been in the show like seven or eight times right now, and he's done like four different characters, but all J. Jonah Jameson, essentially. But, you know, it's a decent enough bit.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it it picked up the episode after having to see Sean as uh, Bar Mitzvah or Bar Mitzvah. God, this was awful. And this
3: was a terrible plot point as well. So, you know, Bart's feeling neglected, so he decides to act out to get attention. But he does that by randomizing everyone's keys at a bar mitzvah, which then no one would associate with being him until Millhouse rats him out, and then Bart's like, Who Oh no, I should have
0: been at the hospital. Yeah. And then
3: Bart's <laughs> like, Oh no, I've been rat out. I was like wasn't that the point?
0: Yeah. It's only a problem because Bowman got hit. Like, surely, yeah, this is what you wanted.
3: The chaos is what you wanted. The attention is what you wanted. And it wasn't, you know, one of those things where he goes to get attention but gets in way over his head. Yeah. It's the second he got the attention he wanted, it was a problem. It's like, no, this was the idea.
0: Yeah, and it's one of these things where it's like, okay, well, why does it exist? And it's like, oh, Sean is taking too long doing her speech. And then the rabbi wants to do a long speech. Oh, so this is just padding.
3: Yeah, and as we said before, <laughs> characters being bored is boring. Yeah. And then there's a the backup of that, because the next bit, Lisa's all dressed up like Scout. And she's like, oh, I got in a fight with a kid whose sad dad was stupid and lazy. And it's but It's like... Homer just saved Bart. Mm. Shouldn't he at least be on board or have a scene where it's like, oh, yeah, he saved me. But he still cares about you more than me. He's lazy and stupid. And then they fight. Yeah. It was, oh, it was just dumb as shit.
0: And you know what? That was actually my biggest highlight for the episode, the reveal that Lisa beat up Bart. And he was just absolutely annihilated. Mm. It brings me back to that episode where they were on the hockey team and Lisa yeah. beats up Jimbo for him. and <laughs> Yeah, good times. Any
1: other wackiness? See the future sequence at the very end. Oh, I forgot oh about this too.
3: <laughs> Morphine's a hell of a drug, kids. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it seems to tie in with the other future episodes where Bart has those two kids, like they've yeah. Future Past and Future Future. So, yeah, it's just canon that Bart will keep repeating things he wants from Marge
0: up until he's an old man at home as a cyborg. And he kicks him in his R2-D2 butt. Yeah. R2-D2. <sighs> Ah, that'll be a title of a future episode, just you watch. thanks for that, Elliot. (laughs) Don't give (laughs) Disney
1: any ideas.
0: (laughs) It's not really wacky, but I guess it sort of fits into this sequence, is the beginning section as well, the big play at the start. Mm. It's only wacky because I'm just questioning why any of it's here. First of all, why is Lisa dressed up as a pork chop?
3: She was meant to have a segment because it's all about food, but her segment got cut and they didn't tell her and they still gave her the costume and she wouldn't have worn that anyway because she would have been a pork chop.
1: None of that makes sense.
0: no. (sighs) Um, And Diana, did you get the reference with Nelson and the veal?
1: No, I wrote down that it was a running joke because they did it one more time in the middle of the episode and then just dropped it. Yeah,
3: Yeah. it's a reference to Anton Chagur from uh, No Country for Old Men who uses like a cow hammer air compressor thing to kill people. So they've got that, and then they've got the reprise later. What they don't have is when everyone's outside the Simpsons' house cocking weapons, he's not there. It's like, that's your obvious third button for your trilogy,
1: you idiots. How else do we get that guy flexing his muscles?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that, actually. And I actually, I also didn't mind the start of Grandpa going, put up your dukes, put up my dukes. But then everything after that just went way too long.
1: He punches Bart fucking pretty Swops hard. Him. Grandpa <laughs> and Lisa, Bart only got a lot of it from his family. Yeah. And oh he choked God. on Marge's hair as well. So <laughs> oh, that was a bit really, ridiculous. Homer's the only one that didn't attack him. <laughs> yeah. For once.
3: <laughs> that was a bit I really could have liked where, you know, Bart's watching uh, Homer's giving Lisa a piggyback. He's like, oh, Mom, why don't we do that? And then... And he's on Marge's shoulders, but his face is in her hair because it's so big. I like that as a bit. I don't like how they handle it though, because then he gets off and hacks up all these blue hairballs. Like, no, no, inherently being funny because that's why. And I never thought about that before. Yeah, the fact that you would just have a face full of hair. But their best ideas and it's squandered.
0: Yeah. Oh, and with Ralph at the beginning, and mm. I was like, oh, Ralph dressed up as a broccoli, and he's doing a thing. This is cute. Oh he can't remember the color green. Yeah. Ah, oh, this is dragging out. Yeah, yeah. waka waka. Very give, much.
3: To give everyone who hasn't seen this sequence an idea, this my first line was all about, okay, we start on Ralph, there's the No Country for Old Men bit, Nelson uses that little trigger gun on the vending machine, but this bit is so flat, my second note is, fuck, <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> well,
0: because it's just starting out the episode with so many drag-out jokes, because, yeah, you've got Ralph not remembering Green, you've got uh, Llewellyn Sinclair crapping on about the light bulbs uh, and duct tape and shit, and then you got Homer and Lisa crying for an extended amount of time. it's just
3: so... F- and, like, I try my best to go into each episode with an open mind, but this one, t- like, tanked so quickly. Like, yeah. oh, right, this is, this is this episode, isn't it? Oh, well, morphine, please.
0: And returning guest star, John Lovitz, playing Llewellyn Sinclair and the rabbi.
1: Yeah, I noticed
0: that the rabbi sounded a
1: lot like him. Just kind yeah. of killed the joke even more when he's trying to like think of something funny. <laughs> yeah, And oh. all I could really think of is, where do I recognize that voice?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Wait, what does he say in the bar? I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think of Llewellyn Sinclair, Diana? How was seeing this old character again?
1: I feel like every time John Lovitz comes back, he gets less and less funny. And this really <laughs> just like nailed that in. Like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I looked it up because I know he's appeared more than just the first couple times, but I had no idea how much they reused him in the really
0: modern seasons.
1: Mm. Like this isn't his most recent appearance and we're only up to like 32 or something now.
0: No, he, he was around a lot in the classic heroes. Didn't appear much in the teens, like the odd Arty Ziff episode and mm. whatever. No, but
1: I mean, like, specifically Lewin... Lewin... I can't even Lewin say his Alice name. Sinclair. That's it. Mr. Yeah. Sinclair has appeared multiple <laughs> times in, like, the 30s and late 20s not just love it's it's that one Mm. character keeps coming back
0: yeah he's actually one of the other episodes i was deciding between today he's like got a prominent starring role and like marge helps him with a play or something and i think we saw him in uh well i think it was fears of a clown where Krusty goes legit and Mm. does legitimate theater but yeah they're such like nothing appearances and yeah it's kind of unfair to go well never be better than streetcar but like, you had such a well-rounded, fleshed-out character. This is just, like, mm-hmm. feels like John Lovett's doing yeah. improv.
3: Yeah, the more you bring him back, the less fun it is, because, and it's like when you've got a, what was that, Carl, mm. uh, way back in that Homer episode where he gets hair. That's a great one-off character, and he remains great, because that's it. Yeah. And you never really know it, and he, so he gets preserved. And, I don't know, Llewellyn has moments, but it's not worth it.
1: Carl was going to come back in another episode. Imagine oh, really? Imagine yeah, he was meant to be one of Homer's gay neighbours in the Three Gays at a Condo episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so imagine, like, he is pretty much a perfect character because he's in one good episode. Yeah. Imagine if his ratio was 50-50 and he had to split it with that.
0: Yeah. And, like, ruin yeah. it. Yeah, Three Gays at the Condo, like, I have been actively avoiding that one because... That does not hold up. (laughs) But anyway, that sort of does it for the wackiness. But how about the heart of this episode? Did we feel the bumps?
3: No. No.
0: That's a shame because when they do, Lisa and Homer are getting along episodes, Mm. it can be so touching and wonderful, but there's just no substance here.
3: Yeah, the, the rare times where they find common ground is really good, but it's just, oh, Lisa's like, oh, you're a bit like Atticus Finch. So Homer starts acting more like Atticus Finch. That's it. There's no conflict. There's no problem. There's no bit where Homer is faking it just for his daughter. There's no part where Lisa's even looking at him incorrectly, at least from what we've been told. Yeah. Like if she had kind of projected this onto him, that would have been something else, but that doesn't happen either. It's just from what we're told in this episode, it's accurate. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Yes. There's no conflict.
0: And the conflict with Bart gets resolved so quickly, like that's over at the end of the second act. So then Mm. what's the third act? Nothing.
3: Yeah, no, there's abs- like, there's just no conflict in this thing at all. And just to skip ahead to what I would change, have it be something to the extent of, you know, Lisa's reading To Kill a Mockingbird and kind of, you know, wishes for simplicity and then um, has a moment of just like, oh, I wish we could have these times where things were a little bit straightforward, more simple. And then Homer, because he has a man of very straightforward tastes as, and very uh, simple desires, so it's Like she kind of projects that idea onto him. Mm. But it's like, no, that's not the way it is. Uh, I don't know Something else There is a, something else To be gotten from this It's not even a great start But the way they've handled it Is terrible yeah.
1: and the way they ended It was terrible It was pretty much yeah. Hey stop respecting me I need to divide my attention Between both of you Like that was pretty much The ending Like Yeah And Marge
0: going I think you guys Are taking this too far Like what How Why Well
3: they're all talking In a bunch of southern accents
0: Now <sighs> southern drawl, extending this mm-hmm. very long episode even further. Why, it sure do.
3: god <laughs> goddamn. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I hate when Marge even says, oh, you need to sit down and have a perfect conversation. I can't even remember who says it, actually. Have, like, a perfect speech for her where she realizes she shouldn't respect you anymore. It's like, wouldn't a perfect speech do the opposite? Yeah. <laughs> because you're still idolizing the person, and being dissuaded from that, from their perfect speech, would still... Oh, fucking
0: god. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing where 30 seasons sure you're running out of ideas but i think this is evergreen ground of like all of a sudden one parent is getting along with one kid and then the other one's not is feeling left out and is acting out and like the story kind of writes itself it's odd that yeah i think you're right bt they just got mixed up with this, the kid's school report uh but ultimately did this feel like an episode of the simpsons are the characters behaving like themselves
1: it feels uh. like season 30,
3: Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, we have had instances where Lisa grows to respect Homer in a different way. Usually it's for a better reason, but that's, you know, I think that's it. the points aren't bad, but they're just so weak.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why Tequila Mockingbird out of uh, Tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> there I go again. Mm-hmm. Um, always got tequila on the brain, even at 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> fucking what was I saying? Um... Yeah, I don't know why they picked To Kill a Mockingbird, because, yeah, Atticus Finch, cool character and everything, but, like, yeah, the subject material is very uh, bleak and dark and all that sort of stuff. Especially
1: yeah. for a second grader. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Like, no. we didn't cover
1: that in primary school, I can say that.
0: No, I remember in scene studies in drama in, like, maybe year 10 or 11, we looked at a couple of scenes from To Kill a Mockingbird, but yep. I did it again, To Kill a Mockingbird.
3: I don't know, so I was going to let it slide.
0: Yeah. Well, because I was so annoyed because, yeah, they made the obvious joke in The Simpsons of, this doesn't tell you how to kill a mockingbird? Ugh. Mm. But at least they didn't make the tequila one. They just left that for the podcaster. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I didn't really think anyone was particularly off-model. It's just, yeah, the show as a whole just felt kind of stupid. Yeah,
3: it's not off, it's just incredibly flat.
0: Yeah. The other thing that makes me feel like it's not a Simpsons episode is this whole fucking thing of... Characters randomly appearing in a spot where there's just no reason why they should be there ge- geographically. And we get this with Kirk jumping in in the Simpsons' home. Oh, I'm wearing a sandwich thing and I'm handing out flyers because I'm Kirk uh, and I yeah. do these sort of jobs. And then, like, Homer's all of a sudden at the school during the counselling thing. Uh, and then, yeah, Milhouse again, all of a sudden, back at the bar mitzvah, even though they set him up being at the hospital. It's just... ah. Uh. Bad geography. But in someone the
1: show. had to yell Bart did it. And I feel like with that Kirk thing you pointed out, in an era where kids have phones, you feel like Kirk could actually call Millhouse and be like, Hey, I yeah. just got a job as a sandwich mm. mascot instead of walking into the Simpsons presumably locked door. Like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the Simpsons aren't in anywhere near like shops or anything. It's yeah. odd. Play The Simpsons Hidden Run, they are pretty close to some stuff. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess the geography of the show does change a lot. And, yeah, which canon are you going to go with, the video game or the s- series? Which
1: video game. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, my goodness. Bart's Nightmare, obviously. <laughs> Where everything exists on a two D flat plane. Mm-hmm. Actually, i I was thinking if we should do some Simpsons video games for the podcast. But like, the problem is like, video games just take so long to complete.
1: But you could do one from each decade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do Bart's Nightmare and the Simpsons us, game. Yeah. And takes us three weeks to do one episode. Did you have any favorite Simpsons video game memories, Diana? One
1: specific memory, Road Rage isn't my favorite Simpsons game by any means, Mm. but several years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, I was going through some of my really old paperwork from primary school, and I found something I wrote for grade two, which is we just got a PlayStation 2, and I'm playing the Simpsons Road Rage. It's the best video game ever. And it's like, wow, I wish I could be that easily impressed by (laughs) a game like that.
0: That was the Crazy Taxi one, right? Yeah, Crazy Taxi. Before I I knew what Crazy Taxi was, it felt really original.
3: (laughs) Well, you see, the PlayStation 2 era was a simpler time. Things were a little more straightforward back then, you understand.
0: We didn't mind long loading times. (laughs) No, no, they were
3: fine. We knew the quality of the product we were getting, and the quality of a man is not in the color of his skin, but in the gradient of his personality.
0: That's beautiful.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the morphine's wearing off. Um, and yeah, just for reference as well, uh, to kill a Mo- to kill a mockingbird was <laughs> first released in the year 1962. <sighs> um, it was the first ever black
1: and white movie I saw. So, oh like, you saw. <laughs> but I saw, not that existed. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused for no, a moment. The state of Charlie
0: Chaplin would like to have a word. <laughs> Oh, really? So you have seen it?
1: Yeah, I, we had to watch it in grade ten. Grade hmm. ten English, I think. We had to write like a pretty much it was like a report on the book and the movie and contrast it or something. Yeah. You know, oh, I blocked out wow. most of high school, but I we yeah. saw the movie then. <laughs> It was a lot better than the other movies we had to watch the same era, like Bend it Like Beckham and uh, Holes. We saw the movie yeah. adaptation of Holes in like
0: grade eight or nine. Fuck, what did I? I did Shawshank Redemption, which I just, I nice. did, loved that. But we also did American Beauty, which was dissecting it actually made me hate it. All oh, right. And which actually would turn out to be the correct opinion, because I think a lot of people have soured on that movie recently.
3: I have not seen it for 28 years.
0: So. Oh, I'm so ahead of my time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you were born uh, in the wrong generation. Only <laughs> <Apparently, laughs> you grew
1: up, up to yeah. see season thirty, being like yeah. growing up on season thirty. Imagine that.
0: <laughs> oh, the idea that this could be your current era of Simpsons is wild to me. To for anyone like yeah, of an impressionable age, where's. Because I reckon, yeah, if you didn't have the history of Mm. the good episodes, maybe you could enjoy this weird, wild show. Yeah, it'd
3: be a wacky ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you were going to say?
3: I was going to say, analyzing anything at school tends to make it suck more, but, yeah. Do you have any good ones? From school? Um... No, because I hated everything. Unless I got to pick it myself. Yeah. So then, you know, when I would do a, uh, I did Full Metal Jacket. That was fun. And then oh, I, nice. I did the entire presentation in
0: the voice of our Lee Army.
3: <laughs> I was very
0: tired by the end of it. <laughs> and teacher first notes. What is your major malfunction? <laughs> yeah, they asked. But yes or no? Would you watch this episode again? No.
1: No. But cool. it would pass the hangover test, I feel.
0: Yeah, really?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't even, like, I don't need to feel more dead when I'm hungover. If I'm going in for, like, day surgery and they're all out of morphine <laughs> and, I, and I don't have any tequila, then maybe this one will help, help get me through.
0: <laughs> They've finally found a new use for New Simpsons. Yep. Non-chemical uh, <laughs> anesthesia. <laughs> well, I'm very much looking forward to this question. Diana, what would you like to change about this episode? <sighs> God, there's so much.
1: Um, (laughs) Remove the live action, like we said, that has no reason to be here. Mm -hmm. I would also destroy that ending and think of something that doesn't, you know, just ruin (laughs) the whole future timeline thing as much. Yeah, Yeah. I don't want to just imagine Bart sitting there for decades. It Mm. does nothing either. No, it doesn't. It's, you know, it's not the worst cop-out ending, but it's up there. (laughs) And I feel like the way they got out of the ending, which is stop respecting me, you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah. The way they handled it was so bad, and it felt like we've only got two minutes left of the episode. Mm-hmm. They could have cut out so much of the stuff from the beginning and just worked on a decent ending, but they chose not to.
0: Yeah. yeah. How about you, BT? What would you like to change?
3: Uh, yeah, that whole bit with the Bard is stupid because Bard is an impulsive character, so the idea of having him sit for decades thinking on this one question when he would have just kicked Homer in the butt is bloody obvious. There's that and what I was trying to drive at before, like, Lisa maybe falling in for this kind of romanticized version of the South and liking that idea and then seeing it reflected in Homer. I expressed that before. I still didn't do a great job of explaining it. Change that whole bar mitzvah prank. It is so boring. And it doesn't even make sense, like... Surely he would go for maximum amount of chaos, not I'm going to mess with one bar mitzvah and somehow that's going to lead back to me. No, that's dumb as hell.
0: The valet parking, it's like mess with the food, mess with the Torah, mess with... Uh, Get
3: away from a bar mitzvah. It's just, I don't know, something else, something at school, something that he knows is going to pin to him and cause a crazy amount of ridiculous. There's so many, I don't even know, but you know, it's not my fucking job. And just a different ending that somehow drops these rose-colored glasses for Lisa, who just realizes, "Oh no, my dad isn't a simple Southern gentleman. He's just kind of lazy." And that's how it has similarities to. it. I don't know something. The connection is so weak and tenuous to begin with. Finding a way to break it is really hard because what was even the connection to begin with? I don't know how to break something that I don't understand how it got there in the first place.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole idea of to kill him to God damn it. <laughs> The whole idea of... The Mockingbird ki- book. Just saying. Yes. <laughs> to murder a
3: Mockingbird. <laughs> uh,
0: the whole idea with that is like, you know... Proving the innocence of someone who's been profiled. Mm. So have Homer do that. And I don't know if it's like Lisa got profiled for something. Well, or... also I thought
3: it was going to be when Bart got in trouble and then Homer was going to defend him, even though he was guilty. But he didn't know that. And he just thought, no, you're just profiling my boy.
0: Right. But and then Lisa didn't. could admire that. And then Bart could be guilty the whole time. That'd be interesting. Yep. <laughs> See, plots. That's how they work. That's... <laughs> yeah. It's simple fixes. A fucking half an hour workshop. Jesus Christ, Al Just
1: be glad it didn't end with Homer being racist or something. That could have been another way to get out of it. (laughs) Or he takes back his whole thing about the sexualized clothes for kids. (laughs) Those are the (laughs) easiest ways out. And at least they got over that bar. That's They worked (laughs) just as hard on this episode. They had to think of a way to write that out.
0: The very low bars that they've had to set would, you know, going back to the Olympics again, if they're doing uh, <laughs> the high jump, they're just, yeah, having to step over. Yeah, the high steps. <laughs> the high step. All right, we are here. Diana, do you have any other notes? There was this sort of
1: running joke where Homer, like, is listening to someone and you see his perspective. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, where, mm. like, his eyes are closing and then he'll wake up somewhere else. No. I don't like the implication that that is how Homer sees the world, as two small circles and just a lot of black. <laughs>
3: That Mm -hmm. is kind of frightening. Like Like he's down in the sunken place or something. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, because that's the thing. It doesn't even look good because that's not how you see. Mm -hmm. Like, if anything, it'd be like you'd see the eyelids going over the one rather than two circles. Yeah, it's odd. They've done
1: it better on other episodes. I think Mm -hmm. when Homer was working at the quickie mart and Lisa's party, we had that thing where he's driving
0: home. Yeah, odd. And Uh. was that all your notes?
1: Yeah, it's mostly just me writing down what was and wasn't funny, and we've gone through mm-hmm. most of it not funny, and I don't yeah. want to give this episode any credit, so I'll just skip <laughs> over that.
0: <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes?
3: I got plenty. Uh is dressed as a pork chop, a reference to when Scout is dressed as a ham. I see what you did there.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Again, this whole bit, this whole episode is just oddly dead silent. We've called it out many times before, but here it is just so painfully noticeable. There's no transitional music. There's very little background sound. It is just... I especially empty.
0: noticed it in the museum where, mm. you know, you heard the thwack of the Newton's cradle, but like a museum would have like a bit more reverberation, a bit more yeah. ambience and yeah.
3: No, that costs money, you fools. Um, I do like Homer's line of calling Lisa a respect object. That's neat. I'll take that. Uh, where Bart says, oh, Maggie's favorite. Maggie's hugs the dog.
0: I like that. There is a running thing of Maggie and Santa's little helper mm-hmm. having, yeah, the dog takes care of her.
3: Yeah, I did kind of like the line, if I wasn't having such a terrible mo- time, I would have enjoyed this line a bit more of uh, when Lisa's like, you know, you assigned us to read To a Mockingbird. And then Miss um, Hoover's like, I assigned you to read the Wikipedia article. That would have been an okay line in a better episode. Yeah. Uh, at the end, Lisa just moves on. Like, there's no, nothing, again, no conflict, no nothing. And then Homer has this dumb line where he walks over to Maggie and he's like, oh, I don't know, I've been hurt before. No, you weren't. Yeah. Like, you literally just did this and you're fine. And you didn't care to begin with. So, fuck off. Stop pretending to have heart.
1: <laughs> I just remembered uh, at the very beginning of the episode, the intro sequence had a lot of Christmas references. And I was expecting this to be a Christmas episode. And oh, it yeah. wasn't. The next episode is, according to IMDb...
0: Oh, is that Tis the 30th season? That's it. Mm. So this
1: is right before that. It just... It felt out of place.
0: Oh, and the couch gag. Like, I liked kind of an idea that we were, like, incepting into Homer's dreams, but they were just kind of random and
3: non-anything.
0: as Underwater, then black and white, then atoms. atoms.
3: And I kind of like how each atom was coloured the way each Simpsons character was coloured. Like, that was okay. But, yeah, it was just so, what are we doing here and Why?
0: And my final notes, there's a little bit where Kent Brockman's interviewing blue-collar Trump voters. and
3: Yeah, that was nothing. And, it, and it's just like, stop interviewing us. I was like, what, what, what are you saying here? That you are tired of news programs that find the same people to interview about regretting voting for Trump? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know what this bit is.
0: Yeah. And my only other note was there was an Agatha Christie rant from Grandpa, which sucked.
3: Yeah, he never figured out the poor O was the detective. Uh.
0: I, I feel like it's these things again where you have to know the reference to get it, where it's a good grandpa rant. You just need to know about onions and belts.
3: Delightful nonsense, and if you know a little bit more, then you get a little bit more out of it.
0: Exactly. All right, it is time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh. You give it a participant, but for the positive rankings. You got okay bronze, good silver, excellent gold, but for the best. Oh, the very best. The episodes which the Simpsons could not exist without. You give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Look, just for the pure boredom of this episode, I would have gone a participant, but it just didn't fucking care and just made little to no effort to make connective tissue between their stories. And there's so much illogical choices made that you really do wonder, like... Hundreds of people work on this show. Mm-hmm. Well, work is a big yeah. term. <laughs> and like, they're a giant writer's room. Like, it's not just our Jean's fault. A lot of people approved this, and it's embarrassing. Failure, BT.
3: Yeah, I'm going to fail as well. This is not what I want to kick into the pit of failure. I want it to sit on the edge of the pit of failure and think about what it did. Because <laughs> it's just, it isn't trying. And mm. it's like, Nothing about this makes me hate it. I'm just so numb to it. And it's the old, you know, the opposite of love isn't hatred, it's apathy. And this is pure apathy.
0: Fully. All right, Diana, finish it off. What would you like to
1: rank this thing? I am really glad you both went failure, because this whole time I was thinking participant. But it is, deservedly, very low-ranking participant. I guess, in this case, high failure. But it is such a mundane, boring episode. But it wasn't offensively bad. Mm -hmm. It was just... Background noise. If someone made me watch this and I could, like, you know, pull out my phone or something, I'd probably half watch it. Mm. There yeah. are mo- more offensive episodes out there.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely not the most offensive, but yeah, it is I lazy. Mean, I was
1: it, expecting but... something much worse when I saw the episode description and saw, hmm. oh, Lisa starts comparing Homer to Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. <laughs> it is probably, considering what To Kill a Mockingbird deals with, I was expecting something way more out there. This was so watered down that it's pretty much
0: just water, but water can be <laughs> yeah. good sometimes. Yeah. It's somehow diluted water. But though. it's water that
3: tastes a little bit like milk, and you're like, how is that possible? This is a juice bottle. What the
0: fuck? Yeah, they cut water with milk. To, yeah. to...
3: But I, I like the comparison to background noise, because if someone asked me if I wanted to watch this episode again, or just sit and listen to Room Ambient for 23 minutes, I'll take Room Ambient. <clears throat> just the subtle sound of an air conditioner clicking on and off
1: i was gonna say i've been playing a lot of rpgs lately and Mm. a lot of grinding this is Mm. the kind of thing where i can just watch it while grinding that is (laughs) the best way to put it it's for you know i'm doing the laundry episode
0: yeah. yeah, for real. All right, that'll average out into being a shiny failure. It'll be the third episode from season 30 that we've given a shiny failure. It'll be joining from Russia Without Love,
3: oh.
2: where
0: Bart pranks Mo by getting him a mail-order bride that like kind of works out for a bit. Yeah, that was dumb. And also Treehouse of Horror 29, which was started out with Homer and the Cthulhu and... Mm. I don't know. It was a boring one. I can't yeah. The only
1: other season 30 episode I saw. Um, yeah.
0: Was that in uh, preparation for worst episode ever's uh, Halloween?
1: I think it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this had potty snatches on it. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That was yeah. What's the point of a Halloween
1: episode now when the show is so wacky and, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty violent? Like, I know the point has been made, that, like, countless times that, you know, back in, like, season 11, Homer got hit by a car in a Halloween couch gag.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, the show is so far removed that there's no difference, really, yeah. between the Halloween and anything else. Especially for no, the vignette episodes now. Every other episode is us telling three unrelated stories
0: Mm. that's right i actually saw another one in this season which was the simpsons tell three stories about getting to heaven as well i was like oh okay and then in season 31 i know they've got a thanksgiving Thanksgiving. yeah Mm. so i've seen that it's not the worst but that's not really a glowing endorsement (laughs) no (laughs) not at all
3: that Uh, endorsement does not glow
0: well that about does it for the disney depression uh what else are we calling it the 30s, <laughs> and we're gonna jump over the HD era and go to the teens era. We're gonna watch an episode called Marge's Son Poisoning. BT, what's this episode? Bart dies, and the rest of the Simpsons is just a death dream. No,
3: uh, show over. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was this the, is real the final end. episode.
0: Oh yeah. Why did we keep watching when the final episode was already? Because
3: uh. that background sound is just kind of comforting.
1: <laughs> it's because Bart dies in the future after he kicked robot Homer's butt,
0: Yeah. Ooh. His <laughs> and, soul could finally rest.
3: And the rest of the series is just the sounds of worms consuming Bart's body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go watch Bart die. We'll be back. Woo! And we are back, and we just watched a Teens Era episode. This was Season 17, Episode 5, Marge's Son Poisoning. First released in November of 2005, it was directed by Mike B. Anderson, written by Daniel Chung. In this episode, Marge buys a tandem bike and, feeling sorry for her that no one will go riding with her, but goes riding with her. And then starts to worry that he might be turning into a mama's boy. And in the B story, Homer gets really jacked in one arm. <laughs> hey, what do we think? He yeah, had fun. its moments. Yeah. Yeah. For a season 17 episode, which is, on average, a participant season, mm-hmm. this was nice.
3: Yeah, it was pleasant. I think that's the best thing I can say about it.
0: Looking through season 17, this is
1: definitely a highlight.
0: Well, And uh, before the pod, you were actually telling me a very interesting thing about this episode's rating.
1: Yeah, on IMDb, this episode is rated lower than the Italian, Bob.
3: When will people learn democracy just doesn't work?
1: And I don't think it's getting the same rating on this index.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I don't like to give away the ratings too ahead of schedule, but yeah, this is way above that. Mm. It is standing on the shoulders of that Italian bob.
3: I prefer if it stood on its neck, but, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The big shoulders to fill. Big shoulders to... Anyway. I mean, I got the bit, but Why? (laughs) Oh, cause my brain is spaghetti mm. uh, Well, look, let's hook into the questionnaire And figure out uh, why this episode is so much better than the Italian Bob Other than the fact is, it is not the Italian Bob BT, for better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you?
3: Actually, I kind of really like Homer's B story and how that plays into everything else. Because you know they go to this pier, everything's shutting down. He buys a barbell from this strong man, and then just like a, a dog with a bone, he just starts playing with it, and yeah. that's it. He just starts pumping one arm, and I like that he just gets really excited about one thing, and that's fine. But main to the point of uh, the episode as a whole, I like that Marge actually doesn't care when he goes on a wacky adventure. It's not he's not being neglectful. He's just gone off on one of his random things. Marge is like. Yeah, and the fact that she doesn't care actually bothers Homer. Mm. I really kind of dig that as a approach to you know Homer's wacky adventures kind of thing. But it's also because Marge has something else to do, and I, know, I like that balance. It's a good shift from normally Marge, instead of being regulated to the role of, like, nagger or something like that, she's just, okay, sweetie, have a good time.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, this thing that he barely cared about in the first place, yeah. you know?
3: But I, at no point do you feel like this is meant to be his new thing? It's just mm. that thing he's into this
0: week? Well, that's it, I guess. Yeah, without the routine of being nagged, oh, why are you going to do this? It's just, mm-hmm. oh, why am I going to do this?
1: He, says, he doesn't yeah. want to do it. Like, yeah. he's saying something like, I came here to this thing I barely care about. <laughs> like, yeah. Moe is pretty much driving that plot. And While he has no real interest.
0: Mm -hmm. And he says it while he's like clearly winning (laughs) against, uh, oh, what was his name?
1: Uh, lefty, righty, right, left, right. Something. (laughs) I think it was lefty, the right, right, left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's a southpaw but I just found it so yeah infinitely funny like yeah BG were talking about yeah the dog playing with the toy or whatever Yeah, and yeah he's just got so little education on physical fitness and whatever that it was just like alright 50,000 now it's lefty's turn <laughs> it's
3: <just laughs> yeah, but like it's you know he's being the golden retriever here he's finally got up on the couch and no one's telling him to get off he's like I actually don't like the couch that much cause yeah. no, no one's making a deal
0: of it yeah exactly And yeah, watching his arm get progressively buff as well—it's like good animation bit. Yeah, how about you, Diana? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse?
1: I'll go with something worse, just because most of my notes are pretty positive. So I'll get this out of the way. Mm -hmm. There are quite a few moments, and not just in the Bart Marge dynamic, which is a core part of the episode, but even in Homer's story, there's a lot of like digs at like, "Oh, you're gay. This is my life Mm. partner. You know, stuff like that." It's very 2005. (laughs) It's an easy well to go down for the whole Bar- Marge thing, but they still do it with Moe and Homer for that one mm. gag. Yeah. It's just, you know, the writers had it on their mind, of course.
0: No, it's disappointing as well because it's these moments, they're really, you know, there's a difference between Mama's Boy and acting effeminate, and I think they mm. really mixed that up a bit too much. and. Uh-huh. Like, being a suck-up to your parent is very different to acting effeminate, and I think that they, yeah, mix those two up in a, yeah, pretty disappointing, very mid-2000s way. And it's
1: a shame, because 13 years later, Bart really wanted to be with Marge, and the only reason he wasn't is because he kept choking on her hair. <laughs> he should have seen this coming.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, that's why Marge took the back seat in the tandem bike. Otherwise, had yeah. be copping. Yeah, hair to the face. And probably he couldn't see yeah. as well. I guess nah. she is eight foot tall with that hair.
1: <laughs> he doesn't need to see. He just need, has to pedal. Yeah. <laughs> the person in the front has to see.
0: But yeah, I was having a reasonable time with this episode, but around the time where the karaoke stuff comes in, I felt like there were a lot of those uncomfortable jokes, which was just like, oh, uh, this isn't the best note to be ending the episode on. Yeah.
3: Well, I do like the Skinner is the turning point. It's like, oh, he might turn... Because he's always... well. We have talked a lot about how they've mishandled Skinner, especially in the later seasons when he used to be the tough authoritarian who was undermined by his mother. Now he's just a mama's boy. But he's definitely the best example in the show to have of that, especially to turn Marge on the point.
0: But they lay it on so thick. Oh, they do. They ra- lay this on ridiculously thick. <laughs> you
3: can push your crib into mama's room tonight.
0: Yeah, I could have handled the eye bomb in Manpurse joke, but then, yeah, the crib in cotton, if it has rails, it's its just, you're laying it on to an unrealistic level. Mm-hmm. I
1: did like the joke when Marge points at Skinner and says, like, that's what you'll become, and he says, what, a wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. That, yeah. uh, that would have been a good place to end it on, but then they ended on my Sharona.
0: Mm. <laughs> Why are the bullies that... Uh, It just makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good song. Oh, it's terrible, right? And it's a song that I like. Thought nothing about, but then I'd have to play it a bunch at music uni, and <laughs> that'll like, ruin
3: anything. Much like researching a film at school.
0: Oh, I, I just a lot of songs. I'd be, especially pop songs. I'd be like, oh, there's actually some interesting shit going mm. on there. Like Sweet Home Alabama. I'll get back to that. But yeah, my Sharona is that one fucking riff, the guitar solo which goes on for way too long. Yeah. And the funniest thing about that song to me is like the knack, knowing that they're a one-hit wonder often at their concerts, will play this song three times.
3: (laughs) Uh, All because he was trying to get laid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, just while I'm on it, I'll say it's the thing that stands out to me, that, yeah, this is a very musical episode.
3: Yeah, curiously so.
0: They paid a lot for, yeah, music rights in this one. My Sharona and Sweet Home Alabama, which... Ebony and
3: Ivory and... uh,
0: Actually, i got to say, I fucking hate all three of these songs. But the thing I do like about Sweet Home Alabama is that it is a song that's in two keys. It is both in the key of G and D. And it is a puzzle that's boggled music theorists for ages, but the only true answer is that it is both in the key of G and D.
2: Mm. Nerd! No!
0: <laughs> and in the key of Springfield in this mm-hmm. case. And by the way, BT, who was Neil Young?
3: Oh, he was a singer in the 60s. Yeah, this is a bit that's... I get why they're singing while they're writing, because that needs to relate to the karaoke thing at the end, but why have the Neil Young line? I guess it's just why that line and why then Bart just says, oh, who's Neil Young? And Marge gives an accurate answer. It's like... None of this is a joke. Yeah. Why are we doing this?
0: Well, I guess it was like, you know, because Neil Young was more of an alternate artist and like he mm-hmm. was... I don't think of Neil Young as a 60s artist and she's like, he's a singer like the Archies and the Banana Splits. And yeah. it's like, very very like... <laughs> yes, he also sang, but not like...
3: Yep, and at <laughs> no point stopped, ever.
0: No, no, he's still going there. Oh, mm-hmm. that trooper. Mm-hmm. He'll outlive us all. Yep. But yeah, the other song as well, Ebony and Ivory, which... Like, I'm a massive Beatles fan, but fuck me, Paul McCartney is testing.
3: (laughs) Paul McCartney post-Beatles is terrible.
0: Yeah, and I'm a massive Stevie Wonder fan. Don't like this song. No, it's cheesy as fuck. And, you know, not really listening to Michael Jackson much anymore these days, but, you know, objective music opinion, the doggone Girl is Mine. Fuck that song. Yeah, also terrible. That was awful before all the shit was uh, surfaced. The dog gone girl. Dog gone girl. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> glad to cancel that song. Uh,
3: and also uh, Daisy. Daisy,
0: uh, Daisy plays. yeah. Please. Give me a do.
3: Bicycle built for two, obviously.
0: Uh, sad, but cute montage of, yeah, Marge trying to work out how to ride a tandem <laughs> bike by herself. That was. And also the musical information as well. That Daisy, that was a version done on solo acoustic guitar. Yeah. It wasn't, like, done with a full band or multiple instruments? Yeah, that makes sense musical information. This is something that the new Simpsons could learn from. Mm. That
1: time at music uni is finally paying off.
0: Finally.
3: (laughs) In this Simpsons podcast.
0: Yep. (laughs) Life is funny. Mm. Play Count. Have you seen this episode before, Diana?
1: I have. I'm relatively familiar with season 17 from back when I used to put up with reruns. (laughs) But this was an episode that wasn't... like I've seen it probably like five, six times, but I've seen other episodes this season. Much worse episodes episodes this season more, so I feel like they might have just been on TV more. Mm. Like, the no, Italian I, I, Bob, I would re- I've would i seen probably <laughs> twice as many times, and mm. I wouldn't recommend it, but I have. well wow. like, You I'd... should stop
3: doing
0: that. Because <laughs> I, I do remember seeing this one in the Fox runs, and um, yeah, when I bought season 17 on DVD, like, yeah, this is one of the only ones that I'd want to repeat watch, because it is one of the few good ones. How about huh. you, BT?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen it four, five,
0: six times. I've got no jokes here. Seen
3: it around... Well, sitting around, said hey every now and then, catch mm. the bus sometimes. I don't
0: know, I got nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but was this a particularly wacky episode? Were there many cartoony moments?
3: I've got, it's got body wobble Homer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this uh, joke. So,
3: yeah, when he's all like, oh, I suppose I could turn up a little bit and flicks his arm and his whole body just wobbles for a little mm. bit.
0: Yeah, I guess that opening section at the... Um, what was it, anyway? Just they're destroying the fair or they're selling some yeah. stuff? I think it's like,
1: an, a of thing, like a pier kind of Pier, fair.
3: which is
0: getting closed down,
1: yeah. I was going to say, while I didn't find anything at the pier funny, I did like that it tied into both the A and B plot. That is mm-hmm. really rare, especially for this time.
0: Yeah, yeah especially because it got to have its... Uh, Princess Cake and Eat It too. where Zen. it got to be this, yeah, first act, fuck you, with a bunch of sketches based around a thing. But then, yeah, you're right. It tied into everything. And mm-hmm. speaking
1: of gay, one of the people dismantling it looked just like Roscoe from The Steel Mill.
0: I noticed that, oh, yeah. right, yeah. The old, uh, we can break everything, but not the bottles you're meant to knock over. Mm. Good bit. Yeah,
3: it's just been played out at this point.
0: It really has. A
3: lot of background jokes. I kind of wish I'd gone back and paused. One of the books, like, it says sulfur pops, and I'm, like, very confused. Oh, dear. <laughs> no wonder they didn't sell.
0: I was mixed on, but I kind of didn't mind, in the end, the Homer bumper car joke. Mm. Where, yeah, he gets it out of the streets like, don't worry, that thing will run out of power soon enough. <laughs> gulp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he actually says gulp, and, of course, Homer then connects up to power. And, yep. It was quick enough mm. with uh, him bumping into Wiggum and he went,
1: We're in the corner. I hate this ride. <laughs> yeah. and then later on in the episode, uh, Wiggum and the upper Cops really get hurt with the bicycle. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unintentional theme going on. But for
3: a moment, they were so happy. Well, Wiggum was happy.
0: Yeah. But I like that they were pedaling on the red wagon, cuts away, and then we're doing Marge and Bart again, and then they just crash into the Simpsons backyard. Mm. Like, this is an example of, yeah, a background joke that I don't think undermined the scene, and I think was a nice extra button on the other thing. Yep. Uh, and wasn't Wiggum Lou Corner either, so mm-hmm. all positives.
3: Yeah. Uh, other wackiness, all the barflies are somehow pinned under a pinball machine. Uh, and <laughs> I do like that line of, we were trying to impress some girls.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and there was a Devil's Advocate arcade uh, pinball machine, yeah.
0: Yeah. Weird, weird cut. Yeah, that, I'm trying to remember what ref- uh, episode that was throwing back to. Um, mm. So has it was at
1: the Quickie Mart.
3: I know that oh, much. Oh, uh, yeah. we he goes, uh, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here. And then yeah. cut to him playing. That's right. Uh,
0: if I could remember who he was talking to in that moment. Uh, I think it was
1: Krusty, but I'm not sure. I'm double checking. You're uh, right. Yeah, Insane yeah. Clown Poppy. I looked it up on Frinky Yak.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, the Sophie the Clown episode. Ah. That was actually on the shortlist for today, but I went with this one instead.
3: Yep. And my other bit of he is, I don't remember the setup, but they talked to Rich Texan, who's then like, what do you like? I oh, Long walks on the beach. And I do like he's taking them for a long walk on the beach at gunpoint.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually mind the whole making Homer out to be this absolute geek and then having the text and like I liked this little hustle. It was mm-hmm. like a weird scene, but I enjoyed it. It was
3: like, "Oh, can I have a diet ginger ale and yeah. make it flat? The bubbles burn my buds." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they laid it on very thick, but I, I, yeah, I was enjoyed very goofy stuff. Did you have any other moments of uh, wackiness, Diana? Not wacky, uh, although
1: when Marge is asking all the family to ride on the bike, she never once asked Lisa. Oh, yeah. Lisa was was barely in this episode, episode, yeah.
3: Just, yeah, ask Maggie, who couldn't pedal at all, but doesn't think to ask Lisa.
0: Interesting.
3: She had at least have a line in this entire thing.
0: Oh, surely she did at the <laughs> by start. Ob- she yeah. it. The structural She got
1: eaten by a couch and a couch gag. That was it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. We're watching the couch gag and beach. You just immediately said this had more plot than the last episode. It did.
3: There was conflict and drama and a beginning, middle, and end as all the couches came alive and attacked us all.
1: Also, I just remember there was a Lisa line, at least one. Mm. She's the one that told Bart that Marge is lonely. Mm. She kind of instigated the plot and then did nothing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's just pulling the strings. She's like, mom looks lonely. I'm going to do something else.
1: Hmm. I got my own thing it's on. Bart's treehouse.
0: I was in here and that was it. Yeah, actually, there was some fun, wacky stuff with Bart's treehouse and booger wall. And, um, yeah,
3: I do like he's got Skinner Sucks written on the wall. And then when they uh, you know, fancy the place up, there's an embroidered Skinner Sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Simpsons have like a few of those good like cross-stitching jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to make a collection of them <laughs> and never learn to cross-stitch. No. But how about the heart of this episode? We just watched an episode before with Homer and Lisa's relationship, and now we're looking at Marge and Bart's. How do we think we did with this one?
1: It suddenly attempted and kind Mm. of succeeded at times. Yeah, I'd argue kind of is a fair assessment. It's
0: no Marge be not proud, but it's Mm. a lot better than what we just saw. Well, I think the turn in the end is like where you can see the direct what works and what doesn't, because... Marge sort of having that bittersweet thing is like, oh, I love spending time with my son, but, mm. you know, I don't want me to be his world. Yeah. Like, I think they land that moment enough. And especially, yeah, with Homer coming back to Marge at the end and singing mm. with her. It, uh, it comes together nicely, I think. I feel like Marge had some of her stronger moments. Like, this was...
1: Really well written for Marge specifically, like she's thinking, mm. "Oh, Bart could be a doorman, as if that's like, <laughs> a, like the best career he could get into." Like, I like Marge and Bart as a dynamic a lot. In fact, Marge mm. be not proud is my favorite episode. Oh, really? And Bart the mother is my second favorite season ten episode. So mm-hmm. I I like this a lot, and they usually don't land. It's landed better than it should have for season seventeen.
3: <laughs> yeah, when oh. they become the T birds. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice little reference there. How about you, BT? Any notes on the heart?
3: Marge's montage after Bart leaves with, with just her on the bike, is that a Midnight Cowboy reference when they're on the bus to Miami? Okay. Oh, really? I wasn't sure, because it's been a very long time since I've seen that movie.
1: I haven't seen it, but it popped up on IMDb when mm. I was looking at the reviews, so uh, yeah. Right,
3: right. There we go. <laughs> well, Elliot, I know you know Seinfeld, so you know the bit where Kramer's got like a tooth pulled and he's kind of huddled up in a bus next to Jerry, I oh, think? Oh, right. That's also a Midnight Cowboy
0: reference. Oh, because she's huddling the bus. Okay, yeah.
3: Yes. I believe, again, very long time since I saw I, that movie.
0: I yeah, I guess they would have sold that if they had the everybody's talking sting. But... Yeah.
3: They probably just burned their music budget by now.
0: <laughs> yeah, because three like big songs like they would not have been cheap. Mm, nah, definitely not. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to me that they yeah had this many.
1: They got their money's
0: worth of sweet home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real.
3: And just asking who is Neil Young? um i don't have any too many other notes on heart i do want to point out i do like when marge you know runs on stage like stop the showcase and no one has a reaction just an audience (laughs) shot of just oh
0: i've got to ask like this is weird right Right. to have a school school karaoke karaoke, performance
3: which seems to be open to anyone because apu is there (laughs) yeah and none of
0: his kids are in school yet exactly But yeah, a school whole karaoke thing that seemingly no one wants to be at, yet yeah. everyone's attending.
3: And the bullies are there yeah. with preppy costumes and everything.
0: Yeah, this makes no sense.
3: Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, it really does.
0: I mean, did it, none of us went to a school karaoke event, I assume. No.
3: <laughs> Especially when Bart's like, hey, this is tonight. And it's like, wait, so there was like, you could that easily get on the bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I guess no one wanted to be there, but still, what is going
0: on? But then, is it karaoke or is it a showcase? Because karaoke is usually a party. Th- anyway, it's just odd. I, I just kind of wish they did it at like the bowling alley or something. Yeah. And it wasn't like a yeah. big hall event. It was just.
3: But it needs to be the school because the bullies were the ones who picked on Bart to make him, you know, turn away from Marge. Then it has to be school related for that. It's. Uh... I mean, teenagers
1: are allowed in bowling alleys. Yeah. I mean, not
3: yeah. where I'm from, but
0: <laughs> But yeah, it, it is clunky It works enough, but it is like Hang on, this isn't a thing
3: <laughs> Yeah, if you stop and think about it at all It falls apart Yeah, Much like Princess Kick
1: If they didn't do it at the school, how could we get the Charmers yelling at Skinner and Mrs. Skinner uh, line
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean This isn't the most egregious
3: Skinner But they're going to, because it gets so much worse But this is, this is the beginning of that
0: downfall Uh yeah, it gets so much worse. I'm actually curious to track when they started turning it into a catchphrase for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that about does the heart, but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love?
3: Yeah, I don't say why not. I mean, you know, we've had Bart and Marge get along together, and I do like that he gets picked on for being a mama's boy, and then he turns against that, even though he was having fun. It's like, yeah, fair enough. Peer pressure at that age makes sense. Bart's very impressionable, especially when it comes to the bullies. There's, you know, history there.
0: No, no, totally buy all of Marge's turns. You know, all the—I mean, it's sad to watch, but like all the internalizing, the sadness mm, and stuff. Just
3: patting that dog for two hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is, like, I know in like some of my most depressed moments that are when I've had dogs, I've done exactly that. I like,
3: know you stay. You're a big pat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, even Bard as well, it's all yeah, within the realms of him and Homer doing a wacky homer thing.
3: Yeah, and I definitely like the new take on Homer doing new wacky thing, but because he's not getting opposition, it's like less fun for him.
0: Well yeah, he's just going along for the ride anyway, mm-hmm. and it's just hmm. like a dog with a new chew toy.
1: I actually like the fact that Usually when it's Marge and Bard, it kind of focuses on, like, the special little guy he's, mm. you know, sweeter than people think he is. But yeah. at the end of this, Marge was kind of embracing Bard's troublesome side and, like, making a big kind of a mess at the end. She was mm. liking that he was more rebellious. Yeah. That's not really a perspective you see much.
0: And that's like her accepting her son and even though yeah. Yeah, it hurts her to lose a best friend in this moment, it's like, I gotta let this kid be who he is.
3: Yeah, you know, if you love something, you let it go.
0: Like a chew toy. mm, mm. <laughs> uh, But ultimately, would you watch this episode again?
3: Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd watch this one again. And episodes we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlists we'd put them in. So what's a couple of Simpsons episodes that would pair nicely with this one?
3: No, I'm going to patch it to all Apu's musical moments. So right. the part where he joins Stargazer, that one where they're walking down the street and he's watching a T-bird and singing something. I can't remember. Dream what. Police. Dream Police, yeah. You know, he's good. He's got, especially for like the 80s hits. mm I don't know. I don't know how many episodes you can get out of that, but that's why I want the playlist. I want to see how deep this well goes.
0: <laughs> even though that is a season 26 episode, I do love the justification that, yeah, just because he's been in the quickie mart listening to <laughs> 80s radio the whole time, it's just, yeah, he's not. It's ingrained, yeah. yeah. Have you got any playlists for this episode, Diana?
1: So Marge Bart's an obvious one. It could go no. well with, you know, Marge Be Not Proud, even the really dumb uh, MMORPG one oh yeah <laughs> you know kind of pairs with that yeah. Bart Treehouse there's been a lot of like renovations to that treehouse like the the time they got the arms yeah, to build yeah. it and the electricity uh, oh yeah everything yeah, there's a and whole
3: episode where Marge rebuilds it I can not remember when but
1: another episode I think it pairs well with is I think it's King of the Hill the one where he climbs the mountain yep. he climbs the mountain where he gets a really freakishly big arms and it's kind of off model this is oh, just oh, like half right. of that yeah
0: yeah, where he starts working out at the game. Yeah, What did you do to your shirt?
3: <laughs> uh, I would also like to throw to a very tenuous link, but I'm pretty sure when Bard is hanging out with Agnes Skinner, she's like, you can take back home any picture you like. <laughs> Not that one. That's a princess cake.
0: Coconut cake. Coconut, <laughs> damn it. <laughs>
3: I'll still take mentions of cakes for 500
0: By the way, I looked up princess cakes. These things look delicious. It's like a really nice, airy sponge cake with a a big thick layer of jam and cream in the middle topped with marzipan. Looks lovely.
3: It looks lovely, but I mean, I want some density in my cake.
0: I like
1: that when I Googled princess cake, I managed to find people that made cakes with, like, Barbie tops.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, they didn't understand what I meant when I Googled it. (laughs) Like that, and there's, like, a Disney princess one. It's like, no, I didn't mean an actual cake of princesses.
0: Oh, I think I remember the exact design you're talking about. It's like, oh, this is such a dated reference. If anyone remembers the Women's Weekly uh, <laughs> Birthday Cake Cookbook, look it up. It's like some amazing proto cake boss uh, Ace of Cakes cake design going on back before we had like fondant that you could shape into anything.
3: Fondant. We
0: had to like make duck bills with uh, potato chips and the smokestack out of a train with popcorn. And I remember the one which was, yeah, the princess ballerina cake, which is just someone made a dome cake and just stuck a Barbie into the top of it and said, (laughs) yeah, that's the dress.
3: Uh-huh. Have you referred to that uh, cookbook before because I feel like you've mentioned it on the index previously oh
0: probably why don't
3: why why is this so important to your developmental life
0: I don't know I just remember that book being <laughs> around my house as a kid and looking at it a lot and then like someone on Twitter a couple of years ago like reposted the whole thing um mm. in a Twitter feed and I just got all nostalgic I mean, for... I know
3: you don't read but goddamn
0: I saw the other day actually. Oh, fuck. What's his name? He used to be on the IGN podcast, but he made the pool where it's got like jelly in the top to simulate the water. And yeah, it's really good. Anyway, I've spent a surprising amount of time on this. So let's get back to this episode. The cake index. (laughs) Your
1: your next podcast when you finish mm -hmm. Simpsons and Game of Thrones. You got another one? (laughs) Add it <laughs> to the
0: rush index <laughs> well. a rough index,
1: yes. We're both diabetic, so we can't have cake. Far
3: too sweet, but we'll talk about them.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will judge them. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to this episode, though, and ask, how would we change it? BT, we'll start with you. What would you like to change about this episode?
3: Hmm. I'm sure there's plenty. Nothing immediately springs to mind. One thing I do really want to change, because I don't know why it's there, when Moe is like, oh, I got this book of brain teasers, mm. and then reads one out, and it's like, okay, neat. I don't know. It's just, it's not awful. It's just, why is this here? It's very. grinds yeah.
0: the episode to a halt.
3: Yeah, for no reason.
1: I feel like the writer of the episode had someone ask him that brain teaser, and he mm. was just pissed off at it, so he had to put it in. Yeah, he was just <laughs> like, it
3: blew my mind. I had to put it in this episode.
1: And Mario says it's stupid, so maybe. Yeah. He was, like, really frustrated. He spent, like, days thinking <laughs> of the answer got to it, and he was pissed off.
3: He's like, okay, I got the answer. It's a clone from a different dimension. <laughs> so, no, no, it's you. Oh shit yeah other than that i suppose the climax of all this the karaoke bit we had a good riff on how it doesn't entirely make sense and it works fine but it's just a bit Eh. there's got to be a different version of that other than that it all functions just fine there's nothing that really sticks out to me that i drastically want to change so yeah i'm not looking to to change too much not in the sense that it's perfect in the sense that it's functional
0: yeah how about you dino what would you like to change
1: the last 30 seconds uh where they sing my Sharona" outside the simpson's house (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. I that,
1: agree. That's definitely going. Maybe some of the kind of 2005 era homophobia, maybe. Yeah. Like they could have toned it down a little, but, and obviously remove the, you know, Chalmers being Chalmers thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I agree. And it, I, I find it hard to sort of forgive it as a product of its time because it just sucks to hear. You get it, used to it when you go through old media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I just don't I, like that 2005 is old media. That,
3: uh, <laughs> that feels too real.
1: Yeah, For context, I, I was in grade six when this episode came out. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're so old. I hate to say that. <laughs> but I think it also ties into really what my problem is with the ending of this episode is that they lay it on so thick. And I really just wish there was a bit more finesse because... I mean, it was never an amazing episode from start to finish, mm. but it was pleasant, and yeah. I felt like a lot of that ending sort of undercut that pleasantness and felt like a bit rushed. Simpsons, a lot of rushed era, like uh, a uh, rushed era, uh, mm-hmm. like a lot of Simpsons teens era that would have rushed these endings and just go, oh, it all may-, and uh, all my pilot hole in the end. Yeah, like we said, it all functionally works, and it's even more impressive that they sort of have a fuck you start and finish but it all ties into the story it's just it's a little bit disappointing i just really wish a lot of the jokes were just not laid on so thick is Mm. yeah my main point all right we're here diana do you have any other notes
1: yeah i've got just a couple. One of them is I did like when Bart invited Marge to the tree house. She mm. said it was like Bruce Wayne inviting his mum to the bat club. <laughs> uh, I, I
0: love how there's just every detail wrong there. Yeah.
3: I know. Yeah. I do love like parental details wrong, is yeah, it's something I think when Simpsons do it well, it's really good.
1: And also on the arm wrestling competition. The sign said entry fee $50, grand prize $50. (laughs) I hate to bring this up, but uh, my partner was playing Undertale, and there's a competition in that where it's like 10, whatever currency it is, I'll just say dollars, $10 to enter, the winning prize is $9. You actually (laughs) lose money every time. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, BT?
3: Any other notes? Yep, Uh, I do like Marge crosses off buy a bicycle built for two off her list and also on that list is download something. Yeah. (laughs) There's other ones but they weren't as funny as download something. Uh, I like the bullies after Bart storms off. They just turn to Marge and go, will you teach us to smoke? <laughs> uh, it's a weird <laughs> bit. I enjoyed it, though. Uh, Homer's like, oh, I also entered a pie-eating contest on the way home. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, for a second when he says, oh, you know, that pie-eating contest, I was like, oh, they're going to do uh, Homer's so dumb he forgot what his wacky adventure yeah. was. But then it's I, I much prefer the button of, oh, no, I did this as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one thing I really want to call to, and it's one of those subtle bits, but I think it really helps structure uh, an episode in a world, what each person calls a two-person bike. So Marge refers to it as a bicycle built for two. Uh, Lisa calls it a tandem bike and Millhouse calls it a two-person bike. And the reason I want to point that out is that is what each person would reflect on it as. Marge would have this kind of cutesy romanticized version of it. Therefore, a bicycle built for two because that's much cuter. Lisa is far more literal and that's the official name is the tandem bike. And millhouse not really knowing, just calls it a two person bike. It's one of those little things that lean to character, how you take individual details of what that character would actually how they would actually speak. So I think it's a, oh, it's neat. I noticed it. I appreciate it.
0: That's very interesting. Mm. It's, like a, the Daisy on the solo guitar. It's just like interesting stuff yeah. that most like wouldn't notice, but it's very nice detail.
3: Well, I mean, as the writer of Pulp Fury Radio available right now, <laughs> uh, I can tell you that one thing I do have is if your dialogue is interchangeable between your characters, you are fucked up and do it again. Because yeah. they shouldn't be. People speak differently depending on who they are and how their outlooks and their education and everything else. So if you can cut and paste dialogue between characters, you've done something wrong. Mm.
0: And now I've got just a few other notes. Yeah, when Homer was counting his initial raps, I hated that he just went like 13, 60, 14, banana. Yeah, and especially
3: that later on he is doing proper counting, like, especially even in his sleep. It's like, no, no, have that be the continuing bit that he's literally just counting throughout.
0: Yeah, the joke was dumb and it did nothing and it's meant to be in this moment that Homer's like ignoring Marge and mm. like, he's just counting. You don't need to do anything more. Like, it was fine. I like how excited Homer got for pizza for breakfast. <laughs> and then I did love his fight with the yeah. recording machine. It was dumb, but I just like... It <laughs> I'll call you back in business. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you it was a recorded message. We get another Molman abuse in this episode. Molman cops it, man. Yeah, beating up on Molman playlist. But, you know, he's like, I'm just happy I got to enjoy in their fun. <laughs> we get another Homer mood swings joke with Mo whispering mood in his swings. ear. Mood swings? Mood swings. It wasn't the worst version of this, but it did go on for too long. It was definitely too
1: long. Damn, I just remembered the sandwich index is a thing. I've got to get an answer (laughs) ready in the next couple
2: of
0: hours. Fucking Uh, You remembered. We couldn't just spring it on you and you have... uh, uh, Because that's the thing that we always cut out of the episodes is the guests who, you know, when BT asks the sandwich questions, go, wow. Um,
1: Again, it's a hard question. We do appreciate that. (laughs) Okay, I... Sort of had an answer prepared earlier. It's not going to mm. be a satisfying one, but I've got something to fall back on. Hey, we only care about honesty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, it's time to rank this thing. BT, your turn to go first. I'm going to go with a bronze. I
3: walked in here on a bronze. I'm still happy with the bronze. It's not an amazing episode. It does have some problems with it, but none that really drag it down too much. I think that ending is really its biggest problem. Not that it's bad, it's just not as much fun or as charming as the rest of the episode. And mm. I think ultimately that's what this episode is. It's charming, it's cute. I'm I'm pretty happy with the bronze there.
1: How about you, Diana? The entire episode and this entire conversation, I've been on the Brilva border. Good Mm. old Brilva. But I think I'm going to have to land on bronze, because when I think silver, I think of, like, sort of weaker Season 12-ish. Not this. This isn't as good as what I would consider a, a silver. But it's just, it is a high bronze.
0: Yeah, well, um, that sort of clenched it for me then because I was also on the brilva border, and I think I'm going to err up to the silver. You know, my, same with you, Diane. I was like, I wouldn't have felt comfortable if this was unanimous silver, but mm. I, I'm glad to shine this one up You're because, yeah, kind-hearted was... man. I was really charmed by this episode, and, you know, it's really refreshing to see, especially in season 17, where we've had so much bad luck, as demonstrated by the fact that this averages out into a shiny bronze, and this is the first shiny bronze from season 17.
1: You mean it did better than the Italian Bob?
0: (laughs) Significantly better. Not how? Not .1 worse. (laughs) like a few metal grades better Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually i'm just gonna quickly jump onto the spreadsheet because and yeah for those that don't know um i've done a significant update to the spreadsheet i've Uh kind of condensed it down a little bit so it's a little easier to read on the splash page and then there's like the detailed one that Mm -hmm. is the old one with all the guest lists and whatever but yeah the new one's just sort of a nice quick easy to read one and i've also put the average season rating as well
1: but elliot Uh if i wanted to look at the spreadsheet what website would i go to
0: Oh, thank you for reminding me, Diana. I almost forgot. It is www.thesimpsonsindex.com. All right, it'll be our second best episode from season 17. Uh, It's just beaten out by the seemingly never-ending story.
1: All right, I missed that. That is... Probably like the only episode this season I'd put on par with it. Yeah. But I still feel like this is better than that.
0: So do I actually, because that one's fun, but it's
1: incredibly silly. But according to IMDB, it's significantly better.
3: <laughs> I think we've learned we can't trust IMDB. Except
1: oh. for a certain spreadsheet. Yes.
0: <laughs> a certain spreadsheet. Mm-hmm.
1: Which shall
3: go na- nameless. <laughs> with
0: <www. laughs> the Simpsons come
1: no, I fine. am happy now that when I Google Simpsons Index, you guys are now finally the first thing to come up. You used, to, you I used to be something
0: else. <laughs> used to be the science thing. Yeah, the Simpsons Diversity Index, which you know, to be fair, probably should be Googleable before us. But
3: <laughs> yep, fuck science.
0: <laughs> I got to learn how that thing actually works. I know it's something to do with biology, maybe birds. Yeah,
3: um, it's basically taking each individual organism and ranking it by, like, failure participant. <laughs>
0: God damn it. You, you <laughs> fucking had me as well. You fucking I sounded
3: serious, that's how.
0: <laughs> Alright, well that about does it for the teens era. Now we're going all the way back to the classic era, and the, pretty well the start of the classic era. Mm. We're going to watch uh, season three's I Married Marge. BT, what happens in this episode?
3: He marries Marge. <laughs> you not really giving me much to work with. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: <laughs> but who marries Marge?
0: Ooh, we shall see. When we come back, right after this, music sting. <laughs> Word from our music sting. I was going to say sponsors, but we don't have those. No, we don't. It's just us. Anyway, we'll be back. <laughs> Message in the yeah. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for the day. This was season three, episode 12 I Married Marge, first released in December of 1991. It was directed by Jeffrey Lynch, written by Jeff Martin, not the lead singer of The Tea Party. Oh, in okay. this episode, you should all know this one this is the one with a flashback and Homer marries Marge, and it's also Bart's birth. What did we think? Delightful. It was great. And Diana, you know, I give our guests a short list of classic episodes to pick from, and you pick this one. Uh, Why this one? What stood out to you? Why do you want this one?
1: (laughs) It's one of my all-time favourite episodes. I have a soft spot for the episodes with heart in it. Mm. And not to give much away, there is some heart in this one. (laughs) But it is my favourite flashback, and it really has been speaking to me for the last few years because... I, you know, currently I'm a little older than Homer was in this episode, but I'm still in that period where I am going to get married. I live in a shithole and I don't have enough money to support myself. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, this really kind of speaks to me where it's like that, you know, nothing's good enough kind of thing. And you Mm. you feel like you're letting someone down. Yeah. it kind of happens. There's a lot of this is back before, you know, it's Homer being like, here's $500, go
0: spend mm. it. This is yeah. back when money was a serious
1: issue. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it really hits
0: home. Mm. Yeah, the whole money being a serious issue. This is yeah something that's popped up on the pod a lot, a lot of times for us. It's just that...
3: Yeah, back this, when they were a struggling middle-class family.
0: Yeah, and to show them being a struggling middle-class couple as well. Mm. That I will say this kind of stood out for weird for me, that they're sleeping on the couches of the Bouvier house... Yet Marge is shown to have a bedroom in one scene.
1: It's a little weird.
0: Yeah, maybe they didn't want them fucking in their house. I don't know. I don't know how fundamentalist the Bouvier's are.
1: I also don't know. Maybe it's only a single bed, and
0: this is like the sacrifice yeah. she has to make. Yeah, yeah. true. But no, it just would just...
1: also it would also ruin the joke. Whether yeah. yeah, I think that's it. it's in service of a joke of
3: you need Patty slash someone, whichever one it is, to walk in. And be like, shut up down there.
1: It's scratching that pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the scratching that pen moment because. <laughs> I feel like if if this was like a season 25 episode, it would be Homer verbally saying everything and then Patty or Selma would say, shut up without talking. Mm -hmm. This is so much more subtle and you don't
0: expect that to be a joke.
3: It really drives how intolerant they are of Homer. Like, Marge's family sucks.
0: Oh, everyone from top to tail, even Jacqueline is a bit shitty in this episode.
3: Yeah. But, I mean, it does very well show, you know, especially on his line of, it's clear your family doesn't want me here. Shut up with that pen scratching!
0: That's funny, because, yeah, if it's not just intolerance of Homer, it's just, like, the frustration of living with light sleepers. Mm. Like... I'm so glad that me and you could both sleep through hurricanes and earthquakes at the same time. Yeah. yeah. There
3: are multiple times when I'm up early and like I'll accidentally close the door too hard and like, it's Elliot. I didn't wake <laughs> yeah. him up. Danny and I have literally rigged up an electric guitar next to your head yep. and strummed out a chord before it even woke you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Diana, what is a moment from this episode that stands out here?
1: There are a lot of moments here that yeah. really, like very subtle moments that, my kind of uh, references to other episodes in very subtle ways. Mm, I think you yeah. even mentioned this on the, I forget, it was one of the other flashback episodes. I, in fact, I messaged the podcast with this, but when Homer is the- finding out that Marge is pregnant at Dr. Hibbets, it's the yeah. exact same scene played in another episode. I think it was season two's.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that, that. Yeah, it was a cutaway joke in one episode. And yeah, here it is, again, slightly different colorized as well. Yeah. But
1: it still had the same Hibbert hair as well, because mm-hmm. he has different hair in all the flashbacks. That's right. Yep. But it wasn't just that. There was another moment, which I don't even think I noticed till this time. Or maybe I did, and it just you know, got stuck in the back of my brain. Yeah, but yeah. when Homer gives Marge the onion ring, yeah. uh, he says, like, poor Vu, which is what he said in Where We Was mm. when he was tying the flower to Marge's prom dress. And that also tied into that episode because Marge was teaching Homer French. Yep. So it's a lot of continuity
0: Yeah, it what back when you...
1: they cared about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this episode, I forgot like how many moving parts it's actually doing because, mm-hmm. yeah, not only is it our second flashback episode, it's our first His the kid being born episode. It's also the episode where Homer gets the job at the nuclear plant. There's a lot of they're setting up Simpsons history. And even mm-hmm. I was reading Sam Simon was actually like, a little annoyed that this wasn't three episodes because he's like, yeah, you're putting potential plot lot of points stuff, into yeah. one episode. Um, oh, I wish show I
1: won't last too long. It'll be done by
0: six weeks. <laughs> so let's get everything done.
1: Never know we'll be here again.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Sam Simon will also quit the show in the next season saying it's a sinking ship. So uh, He's
3: both right and wrong. And dead. <laughs> but uh, just to work against its uh, attention to continuity, when they're listening to Light Up My Life, they're like, ah, oh, it's our song. No, your song is when birds suddenly appear, motherfuckers. Oh uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say
1: those they can have two songs. Yeah.
3: they can. <laughs> technically.
1: But also, um, when Marge calls Homer to say that she's pregnant, she is doing her old mm. roller skating, delivering food to the, you the know, cars, cars job, job, which yeah. is what she yeah. did in Homer's Odyssey in season one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh that's right. Back to her
1: old job.
0: Yeah, she did say in that, I'll go back to my old yeah. job. And then she
1: did do that job very briefly in like one scene and like Otto yells at her or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not an episode I particularly remember that well.
1: <laughs> For- I don't, but I it's one right. of those things where like just that scene I guess stuck with me. Yeah. I guess yeah. because I liked I Married Marge that much and when I rewatched season one I was like, Hey, that's that's an unintentional call forward. <laughs>
0: Yeah, amazing. I think the amount of plot juggling with, within this episode and with the greater series is, yeah, pretty amazing in this one. And and for those flashback episodes, especially these days, to feel so like they're rewriting the history, it's. I'm glad that they're carrying the weight of the history in this one. Mm. What about you, BT? What's a moment that stands out to you for better or worse?
3: Right, I'm going to throw to two moments because I'm a renegade like that. Pew, pew, pew. First of all, when we talk about how new episodes really lack background sound effects, a great example of them doing it right is in the beginning of this episode where they have Barnacle Bill's pregnancy test, and Homer has the It's cor- like but Marge, you came with the corncob pipe. There's literally the sound of him sucking on the corncob pipe in the background while Marge is looking at the pregnancy test, and it's just that again attention to detail and just room, and it's also just funny to think that he's just quietly toking on it while
0: an empty pipe yeah. as well. He hasn't even put tobacco or <laughs> but it's it or why anything. he bought it. So <laughs> he's
3: like, hey, cool, I'm gonna play with this thing. So
0: yeah, you just get the sound of like someone sucking a straw. So yeah. yeah.
3: But it's, there. it's incredibly subtle, but it's there, and I really appreciate that.
0: And is this what pregnancy tests used to look like, a giant tube that you peed in?
3: I mean, maybe. I guess <laughs> before they came up with the stick technology.
1: But oh, no, it was also a particularly cheap one, so it mm. might have been yeah. behind the times even. Yeah, <laughs> True. Yeah, that could
3: be a depth of a joke we just don't have the context for there. But again, appreciation.
0: Did either of you see actually last week someone released they'd programmed Doom to work on a pregnancy test?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did.
3: <laughs> I do love how people keep programming Doom on everything, Yeah, <laughs> like scientific calculators and somehow on a pregnancy test.
0: Yep. Oh, bless them.
3: I don't know how that works. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to throw to was, might be, depending on how you want to uh, interpret it, might be the dirtiest background joke since Sneed's Feed and Seed, <laughs> uh, which is when they're at gulp and blow, the doors, instead of saying men's and women's, say gulps and blows know. Oh. No. Depending on how I had to go to because yeah, I only saw the blows door. But I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> so depending on how you want to interpret that and how what who you think fits in the category of gulp and blow, that could be incredibly filthy.
0: <laughs> Just but, see Lenny do the whole. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually say words then, but <laughs> you were anyone, doing a bit. Yeah, if, if anyone's seen the season eleven episode, they'll know what I'm talking about.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it just kind of blew my mind that that tiny little detail was just hidden in the background that I'd never noticed before.
0: Oh, bless Simpsons for doing that, right? You
3: filthy bastards, possibly.
0: And what stands out to me, I mean, and in a musical moment for this episode, I love the song 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And I love this sort of montage yeah. where it's not just the music thing with a bunch of visual gags happening. It's sort of, yeah, going in and out of the music mm. to the new... Because uh,
3: the music is the, is the transition of time and then it's all the jokes in between.
0: Yeah. It surprised me in this watch just this doesn't seem to be a format of montage that's used in many shows at all and I and I really wish they'd do it a bit more because yeah like you're saying with the music it really helps with the sense of time and mm-hmm. like it makes these moments feel like Homer actually went and did a job we're not just watching a sketch show of yeah. random shit
3: and it's an upbeat song that kind of carries it feels like a fun montage even though technically it's pretty depressing
0: well <laughs> I mean yeah that's the duality with the song right depressing mm-hmm. as fuck lyrics with yeah the upbeat country uh, Dolly Parton mm-hmm.
3: and Homer slashing a woman's hand by accident <laughs> oh, god <laughs> (laughs) Handle first, handle first.
1: And I like with that montage, because this whole episode essentially takes place over nine months, Mm -hmm. Mm. that montage is a good way of shrinking down that time and really, it's a good way of just, instead of saying four months happened, you just get that montage of him doing all these different jobs.
0: Yeah, that's right. Beats up the plot. Yeah, you don't get a four months later thing Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel cheap in that way and Oh, you, get you r- like dogs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a crappy candle! <laughs> You've ruined our vacation. I love that. It's just the pettiness of like getting upset about a badly shaped candle. What
1: I um <laughs> at one of my Simpsons trivias. for the record uh if you haven't seen my twitter which i'll plug later um i am pretty much my team is undefeated in simpsons trivia except the one time we came second and i will not let that go (laughs) but one of the questions was like name every single job that he did during this montage Mm. and my brother uh who does the whole you know he's the scribe Mm -hmm. he specifically put in the exact name of the dog training place oh shit what was that even uh it's like the pitiless part of Ah. something something. i'm not my brother but um (laughs) what i like is there's another simpsons podcast uh no money down who Mm -hmm. are also from brisbane and they are part of our trivia they go to the same place we do a different team they complained about how our team has a freaking rayman (laughs) like (laughs) rayman like that was the exact way to describe my brother and that seems now
0: immortalized because it pissed off people that much i got to hear about it on another
1: podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome uh, yeah so that montage good i liked it this is a good show yeah and uh, now remember
3: this is not one of those shady pyramid schemes you've i was heard just
0: going to that <laughs> R model
3: is the trapezoid
0: <laughs> <laughs> guarantee you 800 percent. within a few hours oh that's <laughs> so good i love all these sort of shyster jokes mm-hmm. um Yeah, this was wonderful. Play Count, have you seen this episode before, BT? Nine
3: to five times.
0: Very good joke. Thank
1: you. I only just came up
3: with it.
0: (laughs) It's extra funny because you usually say the lower number. Anyway, anyway. how about you, Diana? Is this a new episode for you?
1: No, I don't think it is. (laughs) Um, I have seen this probably a couple hundred times.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: There was a period of time where I'd watch this probably ten times alone. (laughs) So, you know. Wow. That was like one or two months where it was just my go-to episode.
0: Yeah, no, I will say, actually, I don't think this has ever been my go-to episode, but, like, always relished in it when it came on. Mm. And this is sort of, like, what's really good about doing these critical watches and giving space and time between all the classic hero episodes is, yeah, you can really uh, let an episode shine. And, yeah. man, this one shines a lot brighter than I would have given it credit for, actually. Yeah, I
3: mean, it's not your uh, laugh-a-second rapid-fire jokes, but the emotion on this one really does land. And, again, the joke-telling is very solid.
0: Yeah, well, uh, being the emotion is going to be a big part of the episode, but before we get there, let's quickly talk about what little wackiness there is in these uh, this very early emotional episode. What were the cartoony moments that stood out to you?
3: Man, there's not much in terms of cartoony wackiness. Um mm. I do love Homer begins the story by like turning the blades of the windmill too fast. Yeah, and, Ho- and Bart and Lisa are, like think it's over. Like you <laughs> had a problem turning blades, you got over it. I yeah. thought it was done.
0: <laughs> at this rate, you'll be the guy that hands out the putters. Yes, sir. <laughs>
1: I always love the just the time period where Homer worked at the mini golf place, hmm. and how they bring it back every now and then. It just seems like such a minuscule part of his life, and they revisit it on so many occasions. One thing that's a very surprising thing is if you ever rewatch that 90s show from season 19, that episode ends with Marge getting pregnant in the same castle she gets pregnant in here. Mm -hmm. So you get to see that same scene redone with the 90s hairstyles, which is Mm
0: -hmm. weird. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, they make a point that this one was the early 80s as well. So, yeah, while they are retconning a lot of stuff in 90s show, they're like, and this one's still sort of the same? Except Mm -hmm. instead of Supertramp they're listening to, uh, devil, what was the 90s artist? Hootie and the Blowfish. (laughs) Well,
1: a hill that I will die on is that 90s show is more faithful to the show than uh, the season 9 one where they get naked and run around town because their love nest was not the windmill uh, they were having sex in the castle, not, not the windmill oh. season 19 oh. is more faithful to the show than season 9 I'm sorry, <laughs> I had to say it
3: uh, as someone who also defends that 90s show to a certain degree, I will be on that hill with you
0: Yeah. oh, you weren't on that um, nope. episode as well I got to hear
3: DJ Y yell about it through the floor but,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel deep. like once you got
1: to season 19 you can't complain about the timeline anymore
0: no, nah, that's it. Yeah, because that was actually an early source of confusion for us is, yeah, we didn't really know how long it was between Marge and Homer getting together at the end of high school and then Bart's birth. And, like, while this one does sort of skip over the previous five years as well, like, I like how we get this little slice of uh, Homer and Marge here and hmm. doing 80s things like going to see The Empire Strikes hmm. Back. But it's- it wasn't
1: custom it was... <laughs> Actual yeah, and that's yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, not only did they name the actual thing, they did the spoiler with full names and even a little bit of the Imperial March music sting as well.
2: Message in bottle, yeah.
0: I don't actually know why this scene was in this episode. It's sort of...
3: I think it's just like you said, to show them doing coupley things. They then, you know, go to a burger place and they're driving and singing along and having Mm. a good time. I feel like the writer
1: of the episode had the ending of Empire Strikes Back spoiled for them and they just had to... Yeah, yeah, the frustration.
0: yeah, Empire was one of those things where, like, spoiler alert, Luke is Darth Vader's son. No one ever phrases it like that. That was just, like, ruined to me for so long that yeah, it was just common the, uh... knowledge that, like, it was never a spoiler for me. But yeah. I imagine for 1980 audiences, it was a bit oh, different. Yeah. But no, my version of that was, like, I was going to see The Sixth Sense that weekend and someone told me the thing. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck.
3: Yeah, well, that sucks.
0: And I didn't think the movie was very good anyway.
3: Uh, my one was Dark Knight Rises, not the worst thing to have, but it was um, talking to a guy at work. He's like, oh, I can't believe that Letterman's ruined the ending on uh, his show the, last night. I'm like, oh, wow, that sucks. He goes, yeah, he was just interviewing Anne Hathaway and goes, Oh, I hear Batman dies at the end. He's like, Wait, you're complaining about Letterman <laughs> ruining it for you and you just ruined it for me. What the fuck is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> but did he die at the end? Mm, yes. Well, no. Yes, it <laughs> so trilogy did. Yeah, <laughs> the trilogy it makes did. so
3: much more sense if uh, Alfred's just hallucinating him right yeah.
0: at the end there. What was your big spoiler, Diana? Do you have a big spoiler? Mo-
1: you know, there's a lot of things that have been spoiled to me, but they're not like big moments. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, I was going to watch that, but I don't care too much. Yeah. Um, I, there was a moment where I spoiled a movie for someone. But it doesn't have the same weight as Dark Knight Rises or Sixth Sense or Star Wars. I just Mm -hmm. remember still to this day when I was a kid, I spoiled the ending of Scooby-Doo live action movie. (laughs) Yeah, now that's something I'm never going to live down. My brother is probably still pissed.
3: (laughs) Well, you've been unmasked as the real monster here.
1: Yeah.
0: The monster was unleashed. That is. <laughs> Actually, my mom almost, like, because we have, yeah, our weekly family meetings on Zoom now, because 2020, and, you know, she's been listening to Pulp Fury Radio, our new scripted podcast series, and she was asking me about one of our shows, which is like a murder mystery set on a train. She's like, so just with the ending, and I'm like, bop, 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 and she's like, And so with the ending where, what's his... No, no, the other family haven't heard it yet. Maybe want to ask me outside of this. Um, Anyway, go check out the last known sighting of Irma Strauss Mm. and see if you can guess who the murderer really was. Anyway, so yeah, let's plough right ahead to the heart. What are the big emotional moments? Repossessing things is the hardest part of that guy's job. How can they have such an emotional moment and then mm-hmm. cap it off with just such a silly flippant joke like that. It's...
1: it's uh, great.
0: The heartbreak with Marge as she gives back the ring is just like, oh, repossessing things the hardest part. It's... Yep. Goddamn. One thing I did
1: like which is a bit more subtle is Selma is the one that wants to tell Marge about Homer and mm-hmm. Selma has a history of wanting a family and caring about that. So I like that Selma actually cares about Marge's happiness and having a family whereas Patty is always saying, shut up, don't spoil it.
0: Yeah, Patty bit be- bitter and, as it would turn out later, closeted as well, mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: But Selma really, you know, at the end of the day, wanted Marge to be happy because she also cares about family and things.
0: Yeah. That's Patty sort
1: of- won't get a moment until season 14, which is slightly problematic, Oof. and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: slightly. Slightly,
1: yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I haven't is seen that- the episode in, like, 15 years. Maybe it's slightly not as bad as I remember it being.
0: It was a hard watch. Mm. (laughs) It was a hard one to watch. But yeah, it's actually. I found it. It was weird, you know, in these earlier episodes, you know, the pace is a bit slower, but this ending really sort of came in. You know, once Homer left, it, it yeah, really unraveled very, very quickly. But, like, it all worked for me. And especially, mm-hmm. like, when they do see him at the Gulp and blouse. There's a hair doing in my taco. It's just <laughs> gets the cheese all over his arm. Just God, he electric. sucks.
3: <laughs> just The zoned-out expression on his face is really good as well. But no, I really like the moment where he um, puts the for sale sign on his car, pulls the disco sucks sticker <laughs> off, and slaps it on his luggage. That's a real... There's a heart moment there. Very, It's still a joke, but it's very just ingrained, like... This is him putting forth an effort, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, especially with that small scene of Marge getting the envelope filled with money from Mm -hmm. him, it's just like, oh, wow, yeah, he's really cutting corners and, you know, trying to make sure she's getting the most he can offer. Mm -hmm. It's just heartbreaking, like, uh, having to see Homer go through this and... Because he doesn't necessarily have to leave, he's just kind of ashamed of himself. Yeah,
3: and I think that's reflected in the sense that Marge really wants him back, but he's like, no, I've got to yeah. go out and make something of myself and send you everything I can and despite the fact that then he'd have to find somewhere to live that would be a greater increase to his cost, but, you know, let's let's work on details I'm assuming
1: later. he stayed with Barney, or maybe even his yeah, dad right. again, but I kind of wish it was just a single scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, if it showed him with Grandpa or him with, oh, uh, by the way, with Grandpa as well, his way of telling a Proud of his boy for <laughs> finding a woman that he loves. He's like you got the fish now. You just got to smack it with the oar. Jumped right in the boat. <laughs> Jesus, Grandpa. Well,
3: you know what they say if you like it, smack it with an oar.
0: I'll replace my disco socks <laughs> bumper sticker with that. Um. Yeah. What were some other emotional moments? God, this episode was drippy with them. The yeah, like proposal. That mm. was really well. It was once again
1: a sweet moment, but they somehow made it really funny.
3: Yeah, with his <laughs> butt just in frame and he's stuck over the seat.
0: Have said, yeah. "Give me the card." <laughs> that, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, she just ran out the entire thing, and he's like, "Yes, that's that's that. it.
3: Give it to me." <laughs> yeah, I do like every single moment in this that has a big heart. Also has something undermining it, but not to the point where it collapses, just to the point where it's still also very funny. And my favourite example of that is going to be where he stands up to Patty or someone or whichever one at the delivery, where she's like, "Hey, fat boy!" And he's like, no, "No, you listen. I'm paying for this, and I'm, this is my baby, and you're going to show me some respect." But then I like that he overextends by yeah. like, "Get out of the way! I'll deliver this baby." Oh, a college boy! Eh? Like she's just, he's just riding that high a little bit too far, and I do love that.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's still Homer. He's still a dumbass. He's just got a <laughs> bit of confidence at the moment
3: yeah he's firing all <laughs> cylinders and he doesn't know how to stop
0: i'm gonna buy a house tomorrow don't you have to go to your job now ah, someone will cover them for me <laughs> oh and how about homer getting the job at the nuclear power plant i like how they did that misdirect as well with like because obviously we know he's got the job at the plant but then showing him not getting it as well i thought yeah. it was really good
3: Yeah, we find out Smithers is, where are we here? A kegmeister. Kegmeister, and uh, incredibly nepotistic, whatever the term is, I don't know. He's only hiring people he used to know from his frat. I mean, sure, Homer has legitimate reasons to reject him, but still.
0: Yeah, like, that was flagrantly illegal, what Smithers was doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the 80s, I don't know.
3: (laughs) It was the go-go 80s, it was Mm. non-stop.
1: And, I mean, even if the other two didn't have clear biases with Smithers, Homer was so inept in it, it, Yeah, uh, Yeah. you (laughs) would have had to pick him anyway.
3: They do support it. With, I do like, what would you say is your biggest weakness? Oh, well, I am a workaholic. <laughs> I trim. push
0: myself too hard. <laughs>
3: I'm a bit of a goof off.
1: Takes
0: so. me a while to learn things. <laughs> Stuff will go missing from the office.
3: No, thought, that, 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 that's enough.
1: I also like, with the job, they specifically say he's a nuclear technician. Mm. Because obviously he didn't start off as a safety inspector. Nope. So, right. you know, I feel like if this was a later episode, they would have just said he's safety inspector Doctor. and just left it at that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: They did seem to care more about the series history at this point.
0: Yeah. Wow. Even more connective tissue with Homer's Odyssey. Mm. We never usually. This is the
1: real sequel to Homer's Odyssey. (laughs) You'll go in that playlist at the end.
0: Yeah. And actually, you were saying this is your favorite flashback episode. Uh, What brings you to that conclusion?
1: First of all, it just is. So, (laughs) with the flashbacks, I feel like this has the most heart, Mm. and it's probably I feel like the second funniest. Mm. of the flashbacks the funniest outright i feel is and maggie makes three yeah but that is so zany and hilarious and there's heart at the very end but that's just kind of at the Mm. very end this whole episode is the entire episode is heart and then you have those jokes sprinkled within so Mm. i feel like this is more consistently you know straddles both those lines
0: yeah, well, I mean, the flashback episodes kind of end up being indicative of the seasons they're in, like, because, yeah, that's totally what's happening here. You know, season three, we got a lot more hard episodes, and this is a lot more of a focus show than in season two, and then with the season four one, yeah, you get, like, cartoony things like Butt swinging around on a, on a washing line and stuff, and then, yeah, by the time you get to Maggie Mags 3, don't worry, little Timmy, we'll make it to California someday. <laughs> sure, we will, Mr. Homer. Like... <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. This is like just yeah, dripping with heart and emotion and mm.
3: and you know, who hasn't felt like they're not good enough sometimes? It's mm. endlessly relatable and Homer's determination is very uh, touching and inspiring.
0: Yeah. Well, what makes this one like one of the top tier flashback for me like is the, they do a tricky thing in a flashback episode where they make you think maybe not everything's going to be okay, and it's a hard thing to do when you do know like, he's going to get the job, they're going to yeah. have a house. Like,
3: Yeah, they added drama to something you already know the ending of.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult thing to do. Like. And they even legit. called
1: attention to it where Lisa is sad, saying it's a really sad story, and Bart's like, oh, we already know how it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, they get a, like an emotional moment and put some jokes in it. So you go straight from Lisa right. crying to Bart, spoiling how it's ending.
3: Yeah, and I do really like how the story is affecting Bart and Lisa as we go through because at mm. first they're like outside immediately. Then later on there's a bit where they're arguing over names and as soon as Homer starts up sorry, Ariel, cool mode, Ariel, cool mode. But as soon as Homer starts up the story again, they just both bolt from the room. Yeah. But then over time like they end up, you know, back on the couch and then playing on the floor in front of him and yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. By the end, they zoned out again. They're playing Chinese checkers, but they're mm. still hovering. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's a nice little, uh, little arc of its own.
0: And Ariel, of course, a reference to The Little Mermaid. And Cool Moe is a very, very 90s rapper. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Is this is the characters we all know and love. Indeed. Yeah, look, this question's kind of a wash because I think we've been saying nothing but this yeah. juggles The Simpsons' history incredibly well. Although, mm. as
1: we know, Bart was born in the late 90s and that 90s show, so it didn't get that down. But other than that, back
0: it tried you. its best.
1: Look,
3: Time and The Simpsons don't fit together. We know yeah. this.
1: Like, but I didn't yeah. see Homer write any grunge, so... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. He
3: hadn't invented it yet.
1: Come it on. is weird to think that... Like, if you add all those past episodes into some weird time displaced timeline, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be as broke as they are, considering Homer was such a rich musician, then. That's it. <laughs>
3: I mean, all that money came and it went, you know.
0: You're earning big if Weird Al's covering you. <laughs> and why didn't Weird Al recognize him in that episode? Anyway, <laughs> a lot of questions raised by in that. 90- so- a lot. I mean, it'd been like you know, 20 years.
3: How do you think they got Weird Al's number? True. They already knew him.
0: Playlist question: What are some episodes that pair well with this one?
3: Oh, I've got several. Hibbert's haircuts for starters. Mm-hmm. People Marge has a crush on. She mentions Ted Ted Bessem Ted Blessem. I don't know what his name is.
0: I wrote Ted Dessel.
3: Whatever Dessel Bessel, whatever it is. A playlist of people jumping out the windows from the trapezoid guy to <laughs> like the PTA disbands. You know, people jump out of windows a lot in this show. How
0: about you, Dino? What a what a and blow
1: playlist. Oh, yeah. Frosty gets cancelled, where yeah, Sideshow but- Mel's working. Definitely. And, and according to the wiki,
0: there are other episodes, but I do not recall them, but they mm. exist. Um, Ted Bessel was an American television actor and director. He's best known for his role as Donald Hollinger, the boyfriend and eventual fiancé of Marlo Thomas' his character in the TV series That Girl, 66 to 71. That Girl.
1: He I was an say- actor in the 60s, so. <laughs>
0: yeah i can't show you obviously diana but yeah like that is just such a
3: wow it's like if you slightly inflated chevy chase
0: (laughs) but yeah it's just that 70s pompy hair and big plaid suit and yeah Mm. Uh, but
1: other playlists this would go in the star wars is actually a part of a simpsons universe playlist Oh yeah! Like I oh, can't think of any D good two ones. Two I was gonna say keep playing the bass, <laughs> but I didn't want that episode to be the only one I could reference because that's not an episode <laughs> I would rewatch again. No, Just true. that one scene. There's probably others.
0: Well, and of course you got the kids being born trilogy. So yeah, this Lisa's mm. first word and Maggie makes three. Marge doing that roller skating waitress job.
1: Oh, yes. This is the Homer's Odyssey playlist. uh, It's clearly Uh, going there.
0: (laughs) The spider's web that comes off from that episode. Very interesting.
1: The mini golf love nest episodes. So that night show and the mm-hmm. season nine episode, which is wrong and couldn't remember its own history. <laughs> uh, and I will never stop bringing that up.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the Sir Puddle Lots playlist as well. Do mm-hmm. that one where Rod and Bart are in the competition? Yeah. Todd and Bart, excuse me. All right. Yeah, that's good for playlists. Um, but now we're getting into the editing part of the questionnaire. Diana, what would you like to change about this episode?
1: Honestly, I can't think of anything I'd change. It is that good. Maybe just... Explain pretty much to say that you know Bart was born in the late 90s and that 90s show and everything. <laughs> I can't think of anything to change. It is that phenomenal. This is like the quintessential episode. I would change Homer being older than 24 because I don't like being older than this version <laughs> of Homer. It's kind mm-hmm. of depressing knowing that yeah. you know Homer kind of got his career. <laughs> At 24, and
0: here I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny, you know, when I was getting to the age that the Simpsons kids were, oh, I'm Lisa's age, I'm Bart's age, and now it's like, oh, fuck, I'm Homer's age.
1: <laughs> but Homer's age changes like three or four yeah. times, so you get to have that moment over and over again.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. In the show, it has been anywhere between 36 and 40 have all been canonised answers.
1: While I know this wasn't the intent, there is something off about them talking about how marge might be pregnant and bart says you're a machine homer i don't like the idea of your 10 year old son pretty much being like wow you're good at getting people Who's pregnant Fuck machine, you are dead oh my gosh Actually, I don't, that's just one of those things maybe just take out that one line
0: that's it uh, how about you bt what would you like to change
3: all right. So during the pregnancy test scene, I would really like if Homer had a throwaway line of, of course, you know, all that money I made for my grunge career, we lost that on the, tra- at the track, the and stock exchange, something like that, you know, just to really we'll
1: be in the B shop soon enough. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll,
3: we'll tie everything together nicely. No, um, the only thing I want to change is just more corncob pipe. So Homer has just cut the entire rest of the episode. It's just Homer sitting on the couch smoking the corncob pipe. And mm. that's the episode.
0: I similarly have no real ideas for changing this episode, it's just, uh, this is wonderful and magical, it's one of those ones where I'm sitting in the experience and I'm watching it and I'm not thinking about, well tighten the screws here and Mm -hmm. that's not necessary, and even for a very slow paced episode there is not a lot of wasted time here, I'm astounded with this episode quite frankly. And that means we are here. Diana, do you have any other notes before we rank this thing?
1: Yeah, I have a couple very particular and niche ones. One of which is the green car that Homer is driving is in, I believe, a Simpsons Hidden Run video game as one mm-hmm. of his optional cars.
0: I love that chain steering
1: wheel. Yeah, yeah. no, that's it. And there were some very nice moments with the lighting in this. When they're on yeah. the cliff with the proposal, you can see the nuclear power plant and it's emitting mm-hmm. this green aura and it's really well done it's you know it's there to like show the power plant for story purposes and everything but it's this very subtle view but also the lamps in the Bouvier house you know it's not just static lighting you can see it lights the top and bottom of the Mm. lamp and it's very well done I feel like you could easily just have ignored that and had a very bright apartment but they didn't do that
0: no, that's it, and it really sets the mood for those moments at nighttime, and when Homer leaves, and when Marge is like looking out for. home, ah, I heard a noise outside. I thought it'd be Homer. It's like, oh, and mm-hmm. like the mood lighting really goes with all this, and it's all yeah within this really sad, somber palette. That yeah, gorgeous. And a regular
1: viewer would know Homer's losing his hair at this time, mm-hmm. and but I like how they called attention to like. You could get a cat, and it would leave less hair. And then you see <laughs> yeah. there's hair in the food they're eating. Mm-hmm. Oh, so right. you know, for someone who's never seen this instance before, this could really yeah. this would explain he lost a lot of hair at that time. I guess <laughs> it's just yeah. very. It's like something that doesn't feel forced in, but it really gives weight to this like period of time where Homer lost all his hair.
0: No, definitely.
1: Instead like... of ripping it out, um, <laughs> and every time a kid was born. Yeah. And one other thing, I just wrote down is at the end when Bart's born, he pulls a lighter out of Homer's pocket and sets mm-hmm. him on fire. Yep. Why does Homer have a lighter? Why did he bring <laughs> a lighter to his baby being born?
0: <laughs> One day I'm going to get a corncob pipe and make this <laughs> lighter Finally have something to do with this lighter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my best explain. <laughs> yeah.
3: Look, everyone on the grunge scene carried a lighter. Oh, no, because... for fun's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just a standover from that.
1: Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you don't respect the classics of season 19.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good trolling. Very, very good. It is
1: one of the better. I am upset. You you at least can't disagree with that. Season 19 is not a high bar to set.
0: (laughs) No, with the season where Ralph Wiggum becomes the United States president, I mean, Huh. (laughs) now i'm sad (laughs) how about you bt any other notes so marge
3: has the usual craving for pancake mix as she did with the other children and homer has the same tightness in the chest and profuse sweating
0: profuse sweating
3: (laughs) um let's see i just love homer's employment rant when he walks up to mr burns like if you're looking for the kind of employee who will just push around and never stand up for himself
0: i'm your man and if you don't like that (laughs) i can change
3: mr burns i love your style Feisty, yet spineless. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And then also the great little button when Homer leaves the room is like, Simpson, eh? I'll remember that name.
0: Ah. Uh, yes. That for me for it, just felt like a uh, joke.
3: Well, again, it's <laughs> At this point, it's not overdone. Mm. And it's definitely tying in. Yeah, it's an sh- example of the show remembering itself. Yeah. And my last note is oh, yeah, right at the end when, you know, his kids gather around, he's just hugging them and telling them how all oh, they is such a blessing. And then Mark runs <laughs> in and is like, I'm not pregnant. And he just pushes them off and jumps up and high fives. <laughs> so, yeah. Great moment. Mm.
0: Yay. No more children.
1: <laughs> That's because radiation. Homer is sterile. At e- exactly. Episode, and no, then, Driver, can you
0: spare two dimes? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when... And they were both this season, so you, I wonder if they like, planned that. Oh, interesting.
0: Yep. I need a couple of seconds to work through my final notes and figure out what I want to say, but BT, I need you to ask what is arguably the most important question we ever ask on this show.
3: Okay, Diana, you know, this is coming. I would like to ask our new, our new guests, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? And if that is too difficult, because that is very difficult. Simple question of what's the best sandwich?
1: One of my go-tos, this is what I get whenever I am feeling down or hungover, or mm-hmm. I just don't care about myself, which so makes up a good I portion think. of my life. Any of those combinations. I would say like a sub of some kind, mm-hmm. like a meatball sub. Like barbecue sauce or aioli, yeah, yeah, pickles, olives, jalapeno, you know, the veggies most people ignore.
3: No, they're a critical part.
1: They they are. They're great. And you know, whenever I just need to like wake myself up and you know bring myself to this waking nightmare I live, it's mm-hmm. a good place to go. But yeah, that would be mine.
0: Um, no, that sounds delicious. Very wine. The grindy.
1: hangover cure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You just need yeah. to feel everything. You know. You can't just right. have that stuff that you forget about a minute later. This needs to last with your breath it's, the whole day. It's the
3: full emotional gauntlet sandwich. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Oh, I like that. Very salty. Mm. Uh, briny as well. Many brined vegetables in that.
3: I enjoy salt.
0: All right. And for my final notes, your mother broccoli. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, yeah, the whole riff with Bart's name as well. And, <laughs> like, that Homer goes through the alphabet and ends before F is yeah. just... It's so dumb, but it's masterful writing in a way as well. <laughs> yeah. And he's so quick for every other possible name you can make Larry fun of.
1: Ferry. <laughs> it seems like he made he did his fair share of name calling when he was younger. Oh yeah. Um, you know.
3: We know he gave Smithers a hard time in high school, which is weird because Smithers' age varies wildly as well. Yeah, yes. no,
1: I'm pretty sure he was a baby, uh, when Homer was like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Yep. Also, yep. speaking of Smithers, this is apparently thanks to the people at imdb this mm-hmm. is the first time smith's first name is ever mentioned oh uh-huh. really according to imdb you can fault them if it's wrong but it sounds
0: believable mm-hmm. wow wayland you old all kickmeister like that's it's interesting when these things get established like mm. after season two you know yeah it
1: apparently comes from the puppeteer wayland flowers there you go seven out of seven people found that interesting
3: <laughs> but no, it makes sense because they would have never had a prompt to use his first name yeah but uh, a guy who used to know him back in college is gonna go smithers oh yes that's how i what i call you it's gonna be waylon yeah you kegmeister <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, and the wedding sequence as well. Like, I can't believe we haven't talked oh about this. Gosh. We see the first appearance of Cletus, and he is a lot heavier than.
3: Is this a different dude also named Cletus? There's only <laughs>
0: one Cletus in the world. That's
1: how names work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Same with Carl, you know. Carl. Um, <laughs> Yep, not going to get into the, how that works. But anyway, yeah, I love that just there is nothing appealing about this place. They get a fucking punch card for mm-hmm. their wedding. and
3: uh, I do really love the pan up to the clock and it moves by two minutes and then pans back down.
0: Especially because, yeah, if you've been to weddings, sometimes it's just, oh, come on. They like each other. <laughs> fucking hurry up.
3: And now they all read vowels about how they like each other. Uh.
0: One thing I
1: don't like, which it's not this episode's fault, but, you know, Marge seems relatively content with the wedding. Mm -hmm. She just cares about Homer, but in the Millhouse divided in season eight, they kind of show that little sequel moment to this. Yeah, and it's kind of a downer when you put that episode in this episode's time frame. You think like, wow, Marge was really depressed. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because from all indications of this episode, yeah, it's not how I pictured my day, but your, how I pictured, like, it's all very sweet. Yeah, she
3: understands that this is the best they can do, and there's no blame on that. Whereas other iterations, they've come back, there's, I can't which one it is, but she, they do it playing the same kind of scene. There's a bit where she says something like, uh, it's getting less and less likely that my friends and family are going to jump, jump out and yell surprise.
0: Yeah, that's the one. But, yeah, so yeah. This is
1: Homer thinking the best outlook on all this, and yeah, he's right. telling the story, he kind of... Doesn't think about Manja's perspective until he breaks yeah, his relationships true. on the that's rocks. Pressing, but um, yeah. wow, it's realistic. Like, yeah,
3: it's yeah. realistic. But I also like just that they appreciate this is the best they have.
0: I still don't really understand why their family wasn't there. Just like, just grandpa. for
1: wedding tickets.
0: Well, I guess that's it. If guests are a cost, and you know they're trying to make it look as bleak as possible, it just it struck me as weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they didn't have at least a skeleton crew there. Well, Grandpa
3: probably didn't want to go, and the Bouviers didn't want to either, Mm. because they suck.
0: And here's $10 worth of chips, and you may kiss the bride. Oh, I love the Casio keyboard playing (laughs) um, the Wedding March as well.
1: I had the subtitles on, and it described it as cheesy keyboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Mm. Uh, Dad, can we have a can of frosting for lunch? Yeah, sure. (laughs) And another bit of Simpsons fun is, as long as he's got eight fingers and eight toes, Yeah, Mm -hmm. very, very good continuity there. All right, it's time to rank this thing. And Diana, it is your turn to go first. This is the
1: easiest cubic of my life. It's easily the first cubic of my life. Um, (laughs) But this is such an easy cubic. It is like top to bottom, head to eight toes. It is just (laughs) fantastically done. There is not really a dull moment it's slow paced but it earns that and it just delivers for heart the whole time really there's not every joke lands i feel it's a great 22 minutes of tv
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I was saying before is like when you watch the classics and only the classics, you know, the episodes kind of merge together and like this sort of in my memory was just, oh, it's the flashback episode where they finally yeah Mm. get hitched and Bart gets born, you know, whatever. But yeah, just taking this on its own, separate from the rest of the canon, like this holds the fuck up. And yeah, it's definitely not as hilarious as a lot of Cubics, but fucking hell, they just nail the story, it carries the weight of Simpsons continuity, and it's just impressive, really. Uh, I'm Cubic as well, BT.
3: Uh, So the whole thing, I kind of sat on the gold Cubic border because, uh, oh, I like to keep you in suspense sometimes.
0: (laughs) But you uh,
1: decided to go bronze. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, I'm
3: going to straight fail. Uh, no. Um, the reason being that the question comes down to how do you define a cubic, and we've often said that it's essential and it's the episodes that could not exist without. To that point, I have a problem in the sense that nothing post-classic could then fit essential because it would already have been an established show. So I like to use the term of when it's unbelievably good, when you really kind of, ap- there are so many levels to appreciating how good it is. But this one, however, because it is so essential to the Simpsons' DNA and it does handle that balance of comedy and hearts so well, I am going to go with the cubic.
0: Woo! Mm. Unanimous cubic zirconia! We are giving this episode the Simpsons Index Award for Outstanding, outstanding Achievement, Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Excellence.
1: And that's the other episode where they talk about Homer being sterile. So. Yes. Oh,
0: Yeah. Homer's sterility playlist. And wow, this will be the seventh episode from season three to get the unanimous cubic. It'll be joining Treehouse of Horror Mm 2, which is Everybody's Candy Nightmares, Lisa's Pony, Flaming Moe's, Lisa the Greek, which we reviewed with Michael Swain, daddy-daughter football thing, Mm -hmm. Homer Alone, which I kind of actually regretted giving that a cubic. I don't think I was that... As... That's
1: okay. Treehouse of Horror 2 is not that
0: yeah. great either, so... If it was Ooh.
3: unanimous, then you at least had some support in that
1: did. At least it's not part of Darkness.
0: True. And Homer at the Bat was another cubic mm, from this season. Homer
1: at Bat, for sure.
0: All right. Well, Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an amazing amount of fun.
1: I'm glad to be here. It's been, like, Four years in the making. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we got there. And yeah, absolutely love to have you back. You mentioned uh, Bart the Mother before. I don't think we've done that yet. Mm. I might set that aside for you.
1: Yeah, no, that's one of my favorites. And season 10 is one of the seasons I am most critical of. So I'd like mm. to talk about that because I have very strong opinions about season 10.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so we'll hook into that next time. But until then, have you got anything to plug? Do you want people to find you on the internet and such?
1: Yeah. Um, so I have a Twitter, which is Gap Freezer. So G-A-P and then Freezer, like the thing you put things in to make them cold not like the dragon ball z villain it's related to an old 2012 username of mine on the internet and it was related to dragon ball and i'm trying to distance myself from it but you know we all all have that you know part of our lives we want to forget about there's a link to my youtube there i don't really post anything much it's just i'm a huge fan of the hitman video game series uh and i like to post videos of that nothing that amazing mm. i'm not trying to oversell it i'm trying to undersell it so you'll be bad impressed by
0: it but no you're one of my favorite follows on twitter as well yeah you've got some amazing jokes uh, floating around there except at the moment all it is is me talking about dragon quest because
1: i've managed to play like eight games in the last two months for, of it yeah <sighs> yeah it's it's a grind <laughs> but it's a fun grind <laughs> it's a feel-good grind it is like it's comfort food and sometimes oh. you need comfort food when the world's falling apart
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely. This is why Mario 3D All-Stars couldn't have come at a better time for me, (laughs) because, yeah, just dipping right back into that delicious nostalgia with, yeah, a couple of the best games of all time, and also Super Mario Sunshine. (laughs) It's
1: a shame there's no Galaxy 2, but, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. No. You
1: can always get that on the Wii U Virtual Console.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I've bitched about them not including Galaxy 2, and it's like, oh yeah, they're obviously going to make that paid DLC later, and it's like, I've got a CRT TV set up with a Wii ready to go mm. I can play Galaxy 2 whenever I want it's just yep. it's not on the Switch mm. but anyway Elliot shut up uh, BT
3: yes uh, you can find our other podcasts first of all Thrones of Game the Game of Thrones podcast that dares to watch the series backwards it's you know quite frankly the best thing you'll ever hear because I said so man
0: <laughs> and uh, we're approaching the end of Game mm-hmm. of Thrones season four our season five yep. and we've got a special guest uh, lined oh, up for our finale
3: Surprising. teasing it
0: I'm not going to say who the special guest is is. All right. Fine. They'll have to tune in later and find out. Yeah.
3: And our other, other podcasters. Is...
0: Let me just say this guest is one good guest.
3: I just why do you do these things sorry (laughs) and our other other podcast is the scriptured scripted fictional uh fucking fucking
0: scripted i hope not (laughs)
3: scripted series podcast pulp fury radio where we take a bunch of pulp genres like horror mystery sci-fi and noir and just uh give you an hour of story of entertainment there i god i cannot words
1: (laughs) you can spoil it in front of elliot's family Exactly. the killer was Elliot all along
0: <laughs> fun so anyway yeah that's all of us then I suppose once again Diana thank you so much this is a lot of fun
1: that's no problem it's good to finally talk about how that 90s show cares more about Simpsons <laughs> continuity than uh, season 9
0: well yeah uh, thank you Diana you know uh, member one of two of the that 90s show Defender Club and the other <laughs> member of course BT Calloway thank I you mean, for I joining us I mean
3: I have paid my dues but um I'm...
1: the real Jim's liked it a little bit I think <laughs> You know, there's a couple
0: I'll have word with that real There are dozens of us (laughs)
1: Dozens
0: (laughs) Alright, let's get out of here And I'm your host Elliot J O'Neill That's all the mustard in the house
3: Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast Which is also an online spreadsheet Available at thesimpsonsindex.com You can chat to us online at Facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex Or at Simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram And now please stay tuned For the bonus scenes
1: I was just distracted looking at something Because this episode was released on the day the Soviet Union officially dissolved Apparently IMDB trivia is at it again
3: Coincidence? (laughs) Definitely not Yeah
1: This episode is actually what, you know, this and Rocky IV, I think, are what made the Soviet (laughs) Union disband
0: Yep (laughs) Well, uh, until Lenin would rise again in the Home and Navy episode, which is
3: Rocky (laughs) Sixteen. Message in a bottle,
2: yeah.